This is Fight Together. In this series, we explore the major themes, stories, influences, and ideas in One Piece, as well as the reverberations it has made in the real world. We do not shy away from the uncomfortable. We critique and criticize, and we explore topics that polarize. We hope you listen with open minds and open hearts. This is episode three, Art and Artists. This is the third episode of our Fight Together mini-series. My name is Zach, and I am joined by my co-host, Brian Newton. How's it going, Brian? How's it going, Zach? Good. Uh, We are here with some special guests to talk about art and artists, and Brian, you happen to be one of those. So do you want to uh, explain to people uh, a little bit about, uh, well, what shows Mm -hmm. uh, have you you worked on? Well, I've been in the animation industry, the American animation industry, for 16 years at this point. I've worked on children's shows from preschool all the way up to adult swim shows, which most famously I'm known for... uh, directing on Rick and Morty. Uh, but I've also done directing on uh, Teen Titans Go. I've worked on, I've done animation on shows like Problem Solvers. So my experience comes from that angle of like producing animation and working with other artists. And we have a lot of special guests on this episode. Um, a lot of them are old veterans or hosts on our regular show. So you may know them first, Steve Yurko. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you've worked on and are working on? Uh, hmm. Wow, this is so odd because I'm just used to being like, uh, it's just me, Steve, <laughs> once again. Um, yeah, I am one of the uh, co-hosts of the One Piece podcast, but I am also uh, an artiste. Uh, that, that was my One Piece stuff falling down because uh, I, I, I threw off the, the, the way it should be because I took some color walks out here for the discussion. This is an important... Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm an artist. Um, I, I I guess I've just been drawing all my life. Uh, now Nowadays, I'm a storyboard artist, and I've worked on shows like Rick and Morty, Robot Chicken, uh, Duncanville, and plenty of others. Uh, all, my other co-host from, from the One Piece podcast, uh, Alex Kazanis, is here. How's it going, Alex? Uh, it's going okay. Um, yeah, it's going great. Uh, so I, uh, I don't do a really good job of self-promoting myself on the internet or posting <laughs> art that I do I on the internet. I sense a theme here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm an artist, of course. Uh, m- everybody in the local improv scene knows me as the guy who is going to draw everything for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. Um, I, uh... I don't work on any sort of TV show. Um, I don't have a comic. Um, I've been planning and uh, sketching and writing uh, a adventure comic for the past probably 15 years of my life uh, that I'm hopefully going to start at some point soon. Um, yeah, um, I know a bit about drawing, I'd say, uh, but I'll talk about that later. Alex, you're you're kind of selling yourself short. You're a really good artist, and I really enjoy all of the cartooning that I see you do. David, part yeah, of David Bednar. David, part of the challenge he, here he is mench. I'm making a bunch of artists self-promote. 
uh, where they might not be comfortable <laughs> oh, doing that. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. oh no, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, well, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I always say that Steve, uh, Steve is living my own dream for me of working on cartoons. Uh, I and think the super art fight stuff is notable. Uh, uh, kind of live drawing. Oh uh, God, Jesus Christ! I can't believe did I you, even mentioned. Did you that. forget about that? <laughs> God, I'm doing that tonight as of this recording. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I do a live art thing called Super Art Fight where you live draw uh, in front of people. Um, which is amazing. It's collaborative and competitive. Yeah, because yeah, that's a level it's, of dexterity, not what you're thinking, but also how you convey that through your art, like all on the spot. I guess that's true, yeah. So I've been drawing since I was a kid, and I never, ever used like a skeleton uh, until like the last couple years of my life to start planning stuff. I would just like draw um, mm-hmm. without any sort of planning stages and, uh, and then something would just come of it. Uh, and it's really interesting to see, uh, Oda's process because he tends to draw and redraw and redraw. Um, everybody's got their own process and I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point, but yeah, thank you for pimping me out because I completely forgot about super art fight. <laughs> it's a, it takes a village. Oh boy, what a, what an intro. Uh, Joey Weiser. Hey. Hey. Um, yeah. I am a cartoonist. Uh, my first published work was in 2004, and my first graphic novel was in 2007. Um, and the, my, I'd say the graphic novel work I do is what I'm primarily known for, where I write and create the art. Um, I did a five-book series called Merman uh, for Oni Press, and am Ooh. currently doing a series of self-contained graphic novels. Ghost Hog uh, is out now, and... Uh, next year, well, 2021, I guess I should date it, uh, will be uh, the publication of another self-contained graphic novel in the Ghost Hog universe called Dragon Racer. Um, I've also done work for the SpongeBob comic book, um, mostly writing for other artists to draw, but doing some of the art stuff uh, myself as well um, in that. And I've done a, a, a fair amount of like freelance coloring uh, for other artists and um, illustration work here and there and, and anthology comics contributions and, uh, stuff. But yeah, comics is sort of my main, uh, focus. We also have Maddie, uh, self-promote Maddie. <laughs> um, I just draw a lot of stuff. I don't really, I don't know. A lot of really <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah, uh, Maddie has an amazing... Uh, oh, did you close your... Pa- you, you closed your Patreon yeah, down, didn't you? Yeah, because I was supposed to move to Japan, but then, you know, the virus. Maddie yeah. has art in a volume of One Piece in Japan. I think that mm-hmm. might be oh, yeah, worth saying. Cool if I need to give everyone their plugs, I can do volume that. Volume <laughs> yeah. 94. Um, I sent in a postcard because I wanted an SBS question, but I put it on a One Piece postcard I had drawn, and then I got into Usopp's gallery, and I did not get my SBS question. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah personally vetted by Oda himself. Yep. <laughs> um, it's true. Yeah, I've run like Patreons where I do like stickers and postcards, and like I do art for podcasts sometimes, and sometimes I do like I've gotten a couple albums that are gonna come out that I've done art for. I just kind of exist. Um and draw stuff and people are like that's cool and then every once in a while people are like hey i'll pay you and i'm like sure and that's kind of how i what, exist what a concept as an artist <laughs> that's that's a reality for a lot of people for a while 
It was yeah, Maddie's stream yeah. of consciousness take on her uh, <laughs> art career. That's I mean, uh, that's probably the most accurate. I mean, it it basically is yeah. a stream of consciousness. So yeah, a no good description. I, I, I think so. And I'm glad Joey helped you promote. Um, we also have David Bednar. Uh, David, promote yourself. Hey, uh, so I am a UI designer for mobile games. A uh, uh, an artist in my free time my art can be viewed at adavidbednar.com i am available for commission uh send your dms and uh emails my way my rates are reasonable that's how you promote ladies and gentlemen that's how you promote you put yourself right out there is david your middle name (laughs) no um but uh so uh david bednar is actually a uh my name's david bednar but there is a david bednar who is uh one of the one of like one of the higher ups in the Mormon church. Um, wow. So like he's kind of got the SEO on lockdown. Mm. So uh, I'm just uh, David <laughs> one of them. Bednar and he's kind of the. No, wait, <laughs> Stephen. Stephen just posted. I think there's a David Bednar in um, in the baseball. baseball on, yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. San Diego's team. Yeah. There's, there's several David Bednars. And it's you're one of them. More an uncommon name kind of common. <laughs> and I am. I am one of them. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, I used to joke that uh, if I ever go to Utah, I get a discount. Um, <laughs> I uh, one time, one time, I got a DM from a uh, uh, from this guy in Africa who is like Elder uh, Elder Bednar. I am having a serious crisis of faith here. Oh, no boy. one is listening to me. What am I supposed to do? And I tried to explain. They're like, uh. You should probably talk to this David Bednar, Wait, not, not, not me. You did send a picture yeah. of Nami to him? I mean... <laughs> no, well, and I mean, like, I tried to give him the best spiritual advice that I could because I was, you know... He, it's That's he, nice of you. He might not understand me. And, like, I, I tried to do my best, but, like, uh, uh, every once in a while it happens. Um, <laughs> and I know that... Uh, I know for a fact that I've got some... Uh, uh, there's, there's actually, like, a lot of super good... Uh, 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 L- uh, Mormon LDS uh, artists out there. I don't know why. Maybe it's that Brigham Young has like a really good art program mm. or something. But oh like, yeah, no, there really was professional um, like concept art. My the art school I went to. One of the guys there had gone to. He was Mormon and had gone to Brigham Young, and he was fantastic. Um, yeah, so like, I like I feel like like if you're French or if you're Mormon, like there's just something inherently good about art with you. And I don't understand what that so, is. So David, um, we'll get back. We'll be- get back to promoting the, anyway. the Mormon church in a moment. <laughs> um, I, my children. I didn't realize um, we were supposed to provide her backstory. So Sai anyway. is also here. I do want to introduce her before, before we get back to the Mormon church. Sai, uh, <laughs> welcome. Hi. You want to tell people about yourself. Man, you guys have such high pedigrees. I've like done nothing. That is a not a good way to. That is not yourself, true so. at all, and it's also false. Yes, I mean does, I did go to here? I did go, go to college for two years for art, and I'm planning to go back at some point. Uh, to, you know, finish that for your degree, but uh, I do commissions. That yeah, doodle stuff. That's about it. Mm-hmm. I just exist. You did my avatar on Twitter. I did. I did that, God, years ago. I need to finish everyone else's avatars. Mm-hmm. Brian has a new avatar? Oh, yeah, the Psychons. It, oh, yeah, that's the, right. The Psychon <laughs> from... How many years ago were that, Zach? At, like, five or six. At least. It's been a little bit. 
Uh, so we're here to talk about uh, how One Piece and Oda have influenced all of you guys and girls as artists, and also, um, I, I guess, what you've taken from him, what you've put into your work, and what he puts into his work. Um, so we're going to go around. I, I first want to ask kind of almost like an icebreaker question. I want to go around the room. Uh, what What is your favorite and least favorite straw hat to draw since I saw that? conversation going around steve do you want to go first all right uh my favorite to draw is frankie uh he's he's the easiest for me uh because i can i could break down at least especially now like his his entire body but mainly his face here i can break it down into simple shapes and if he comes off like as a little uh, I don't want to say ugly, but as a little uh, threatening or uh, uh, crazy looking, it's fine because it's Frankie. <laughs> um, I, I I wouldn't say I have a least favorite, but the one I think I struggle the most with is probably Robin, ever ever changing Robin, mm. who is uh, slowly and slowly morphing to just another female One Piece character. She's slowly becoming Hancock. Yes. Fair. Uh, I, Fair. Could, I could get into that too in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're, they're all, they're all Hancock now. Uh, but yeah, I think Robin is one I, I struggle with the most. Ryan, I want to hear yours. Definitely. I'll, I'll start my least favorite is Luffy. Cause like, if you don't nail him, he he seems he's the most generic of the characters, but that also makes him the most challenging to me. Because everyone else, I can find like good shorthand and uh, and elements about their characteristic that I can highlight. Uh, so Luffy's always been a challenge. I just need to practice with him more. But my favorite to draw is a toss up between Usopp and Zoro. But I'd probably say Usopp's my favorite to draw simply because he has overall round shapes and I can exaggerate that nose <laughs> to really like sell the character. And his hair is fun too. And I like the sniping poses like with a slingshot. It's just a good like dynamic pull. So yeah, that's it. Uh, Maddie. Um, probably my favorite is Chopper. He's just like I can whip out a chopper in like five seconds because I just I draw <laughs> chopper a lot and he's just round and he's very cute and I kind of am best at cute stuff. Um, I Luffy's really hard for me to draw his like his face is like if his face is off he just looks so wrong and my Luffy's always have really like messed up faces. Um, <laughs> And then also, I'm Brooke is really hard for me to draw too. I just I think maybe he's the most challenging to adapt into my style because since he is a skeleton, it's <laughs> he's like more rigid. Um, so I have challenge like trying to make him like work in my style while still maintaining mm. kind of the elements of his character. Yeah, because there's a very distinct way that Oda draws a skull. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you don't draw skulls that way, it feels both like unnatural for you to be drawing it, but it also doesn't feel exactly like the right character. Yeah, yeah that's it's, fair. 
and yeah, and Brooks, his head is such a specific, like this really long shape. Similar to like Steve's uh, breakdown of Frankie, I actually have a good breakdowns for Brooke and how I interpret mm-hmm. his character. Because it's like, mm-hmm. he's kind of like got triangle cheeks and then overall eyes and you gotta do the outset where the the skull frame of the eyes is it's it's a process mm-hmm. i get it he, he's it's like sometimes yeah. you're like i don't want to draw a skeleton <laughs> yeah. i i think uh brian and i are like in in the same ballpark here because brooke is also very easy for me to draw because it's like yeah. okay I see can i can do just break i can it down do frankie okay though because frankie i'm just like oh he's just spheres and like some rectangles <laughs> Anybody else kind of feel like Brooke looks like if uh, Charles Schultz drew a skeleton? Like, I think what? there's something about the way his eye sockets look that he kind of gets the little, like, uh, uh, five-year-old but worried with his, like, super round eyes. That's and then, interesting yeah. because I think of his face as being so long, whereas I think of the Peanuts character's heads as being perfectly circular. There's, uh-huh. But that's the thing. It's that, like, his actual skull is very round, and then it's just his cheat. Uh, mm. uh, teeth and jaw that actually extend. There's mm-hmm. also a way that Oda well, draws think... Brooke that just looks so cheery without actually having an expression, and that's so hard to convey, too. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Just makes a, just a plain skull look very happy. And in some uh, manga panels, he does like add like angry eyebrows to make him look mad, but in most times, he doesn't even have that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, and Brooke's skull is different than the other skulls he draws in the series too. So you have it's to true. also make him look like Brooke. I I can tell you that um, having Brooke introduced into the story has made me over time uh, able to draw skeletons more and more. Mm. Uh, just by virtue of before Brooke joined the crew, I had never drawn a skeleton. Um, despite taking art classes and stuff like that or like or like really just off the top of my head yeah and, i'll back that because um, like before then the only skeleton i would have drawn would have been mr skullhead <laughs> yeah so it's it's kind of interesting uh what oda has sort of added um to the crew with brooke in terms of just how everybody has their own uh you know unique silhouette and brooks is like oh yeah well this is a skeleton whose head looks like a fucking lollipop Sorry, just when you said Mr. Skullhead, all I could picture was good idea, greeting a woman politely, bad idea, asking to see her panties. <laughs> see, Brooke works on all levels. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> David, who's who's your who's your favorite and I guess most challenging character? Oh, draw, boy. Like, the way I, put it. Uh, uh, <clears throat> straw hats. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, like, I, I feel like I draw all of them bad. I feel like the way that I draw does not actually lend, like, I cannot fathom how, like, uh, Maddie, how you can pull Oda's designs into your, because, like, he's got a very distinct style, you have a very distinct style, those character designs translate perfectly into your style, I don't understand how that works, because I have, I don't know if it's like a style, but I definitely know that like I've got idiosyncrasies with the way that I draw. And when I try to pull Oda's designs in, they just look like big slabs of ham. And it's not the characters that I love. <laughs> um, I, I would like to add that I've seen Maddie draw those characters in like under five minutes. And it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, freaking uh, uh, when uh, uh, 
I forget who who said that it uh, when Steve said like ah drawing Robin's heart. Uh, Maddie literally posted a beautiful drawing of Robin while we were talking on Twitter, and it's like oh yeah you're just busting that that stuff out. I bet you drew that while we were talking. Um, and so like my secret is the symmetry tool. <laughs> I just make everything um, front facing, front forward, straight on symmetrical. Um, you only have to draw half of it. Yeah. So like, uh, and like, I definitely think that Oda's art has been an influence on my art, but trying to draw Oda art is very hard. I like to draw not, if I'm going to draw somebody, I'm going to draw Nami because I don't know, I'm working stuff out. Um, cool. And like, the other thing is that when I draw the straw hats, uh, the thing I like to do is draw them the way that I'd like to see them. So that means mm-hmm. changing elements about their designs we'll probably get into that later but you know make changing someone's skin uh, uh skin color changing somebody's uh, uh uh build something like that to kind of not like they need to well we'll get in you know whether or not they need more that's diversification a, yeah. but like that's that's the thing that i would enjoy more so like when i draw a nami post time skip uh, uh i like to draw a fat nami because why not uh pre time skip i like to draw like a really skinny nami because she's had a hard life um, I like to draw, uh, 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 like a, like Robin with darker, uh, with a darker skin tone. I like to do the same thing for, so like, I don't know if I draw anybody very well. They're all very challenging and I'd like to change them all when I draw them. So that's, that's my answer. Uh, quick question, kind of in relation. I used to do this specifically around the Innis lobby through probably Shabbity arcs is that. I would take some some of my favorite panels and do like little quick sketches of the characters mm. in those panels. Did anyone else do the same at any point? Uh, there was. I would do that when I was young. On on Tumblr, there was a, a thing a while back, especially during um, the Dressrosa arc in the anime, where people would just take really badly drawn uh, screenshots and just <laughs> redraw them in better ways, or like ways that match maybe the manga better or their own personal style better. I remember that. And, yeah, and that was always really fun because yeah. it w- it was just like you know seeing the characters in their style, but also it it highlighted how badly animated those that arc was too. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's a that's a whole other topic of conversation. That's a whole other topic, but yeah, that that was a fun little thing that happened. Uh, Alex, I uh, yeah, favorite most challenging. Um, that has changed over years. Over like as long as I've been into One Piece, um, but cons- very consistently, the character that I have the easiest time drawing is Frankie. Um, there's so much to his design that is really attractive to me uh, in terms of just like how fun this looks, how complicated it is, but yet there's a simplicity to it. Um, it's very uniform. Uh, despite the fact, like, I think my favorite thing about Oda's designs is that they're so wacky and um, and individual that a character like Frankie or a character like Brooke or a character like Usopp, I'm going to have the easiest and most fun time drawing because uh, they don't look like a regular human being. I, I classically don't like drawing uh, life drawing because I find it kind of boring um, and I, you know, obviously it's very important for anatomy and getting to know gesture and stuff like that. But, um, oh, I just wanted to oh, say real yes. quick. Um, I also like drawing both Jimbei and Beg because they're just like a bullet shape. 
Mm-hmm. And I just draw a bullet yes. and slap some legs on and they're good to go. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy ridiculous proportions mm-hmm. for cartoons. Like uh, I love drawing Bedge because he looks like Fred Flintstone. Um, uh, when I was a kid, <laughs> Barney, when I was a kid, um, I would, uh, I was going through some of my old drawings cause my mom never, uh, throws anything that I ever drew away, which is really fun to go back and, and look through some old stuff. So I was, I was over there at my parents' house looking through some old stuff and, um, it would just kind of hit me how often I would draw tiny tunes. Like that was my favorite, my absolute favorite thing to draw when I was, when I was a child. So uh, naturally, anything that I could that doesn't have a, as Maddie mentioned before, a uniform like shape, something you can, uh, something that's sort of malleable, I've had the most fun drawing. Usopp's long nose is like Usopp and Frankie. I think are, are at the top of my list of, of characters that I think are the most fun. That makes sense. And that I have the easiest time drawing. Having having drawn Looney Tunes professionally, they are not easy to translate. Tiny Tunes more or less the same. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, as far as the most challenging, for a very long time, it was Luffy. Lately, I've been practicing Luffy. Um, after uh, Steven went through the most recent One Piece magazine, and uh, the trick to drawing Luffy's hairline is to draw it at the very top of his head, and su- suddenly everything sort of clicked for me. Um, and lately, I've been drawing. I've been trying to draw Luffy with more of a. His hair is very hard to get right. Yeah, it's it's really it's weird because it's sort it's of ever changing. Thin and yeah, it, there's no it, there's no real. Rhyme or reason to where his um, hair part is also, it's, which is very it's like both thin and thick at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's whatever Oda wants it to be. Uh, just a, just a tip on uh, drawing Luffy. He has a big forehead. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And I also and- like I I kind of never want to draw a big <laughs> forehead just because I don't want the characters I draw to feel self conscious about themselves. <laughs> Well, it's it's okay. It's like Luffy's like face, like the majority of his features. So, do you never draw uh, Hancock? Oh man, I've never drawn Hancock actually. That and which actually leads me to my most challenging, uh, most challenging one. Um, I don't have a problem drawing Rom. I have a problem drawing Nami. I have a serious problem Nami. drawing Nami. I think Nami. Could I, could I think Nami. Can I make a guess there? Yes. Because Robin is more mature and Nami is more young looking, so she has a much like younger, rounder face and bigger forehead. It's 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 similar, but uh, Robin has the nose and the eyes and Wait, that weird like she has very distinctive can you draw, features, right? Like pre time skip Zoro, because his forehead is like ninety percent of his face. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yes, yes, I can. I, I was sort of like it, it was shorthand of me saying I it's I had a hard time. You can put that Zorro bandana on. It helps. <laughs> yes, I love. Well, Zoro's also more angular. Yes, uh, Zoro's got a lot of triangles in his face. His, his eyebrows are very triangular. His hair can be very triangular. Um, but Nami, to me, her hair is the thing that I always really struggle with, and it's that weird strand on the left side of her face. <laughs> that that one long strand in front of her ear. Do you know yeah, what I'm talking about? I love yep. that. Always there. Yeah, her tangerine vine. There, there is. Yeah, I don't know where it's supposed to go or how it's supposed to hang. Like it's very like I need to really study Nami's. Uh, her her design because it it eludes me a lot in terms of like what how should I draw her face? It's more of her face than than the body really. Um, um, and like I uh, yeah. For Nami, there's like always like four specific things in her design that's always there. There's that that strand on the side. There's like one bang that's like out of sync with the others. There's like the the two circle things on her hip, and then the the uh, gladiator shoes. 
Mm-hmm. Something yes. that the, the shoes. Uh, something that does she also have a weird forehead like Luffy? Because I have like hard time with that too. A bit she does. Yeah, she has a pretty that... big forehead. Like Luffy and Nami have similar face shapes. Mm-hmm. Well, they're yeah. they're the archetype characters for the series. Yeah. The mm. thing that always trips me up about, uh, or that used to trip me up about Nami, and then actually, um, uh, uh, it was it was looking at uh, fan art and uh, maybe a spicy doujin or two uh, that like kind of like clicked into my head is that her for for her and like a lot of characters like Luffy, uh, their nose is actually super high up on their face between their big round eyes, and my instinct is to you know like people's faces go put the eyes up here and then the nose kind of starts there and then goes down but that's not how their faces work that's not how one piece faces work and if you don't do that yes. then it all looks wrong even if you're trying to do it in a different style yeah for and if i may add to that oh, oh sorry no, no, I, I, I just gotta get this out it's that is that oda draws his ears very close to the the neck like uh so that's what trip like whenever i do a one piece drawing uh that's the one design uh aspect that i sort of kind of omit is how low oda puts the ears like they're attached completely to the <laughs> jawline as opposed to the jawline coming up with the exception of zoro actually zoro's zoro and sanji have the really pronounced uh jaws and frankie's jaw frankly doesn't make too much sense anyway so it's it, when i'm looking at the other characters i'm looking at luffy robin uh, all the human <laughs> characters inherently human characters the ears are so far low that it trips me up because you know when you learn to draw generally the ears are in between the eyes and the mouth you know mm-hmm. yeah the lines yeah so it's such a weird convention hmm. for for oda it seems like a lot of the characters his noses are an afterthought compared to like mm. the the mm-hmm. eyes and the mouth because those are the most expressive parts mm. especially luffy if you like take out luffy's nose and like just like white out the rest of his face. It just looks like a smiley face. <laughs> and he already sounds like Krillin. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey, did I ask you the same question? Uh, no. And I've been kind of quiet during this because I don't actually have a lot of experience drawing the straw hats. I, outside of a few commissions, I haven't really drawn them that much. And um, yeah. I, and also I kind of agree with, a lot of what has been said. I, I I think the character I like drawing the best is pre-time skip uh, Frankie. Um, he, he's just exaggerated in a lot of really satisfying ways. Uh, and I love the sort of like big uh, round forearms and, and the even the like slope of his hair matches the kind of like slope of his face shape in a really like fun way, or it can. Um, and... So it, that's just kind of fun to draw because uh, you really kind of like throw your pencil around. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and I'd say Luffy probably is the one that's the trickiest because he is so simple. Um, probably similar for Nami to the, the kind of more simple humanoid designs um, are harder because uh, in my mind, at least, I, I tie a lot of cartoonist work to their specific art style. And once I start trying to draw them in my art style, it becomes very frustrating um, that it doesn't like look right or whatever. So characters like Chopper is maybe a little bit more in my wheelhouse uh, of the kind of stuff that I draw normally. So I can draw like a pretty good fun Chopper. And uh, like I said about Frankie, he's kind of so exaggerated anyway 
um, that I feel a little more comfortable uh, drawing him. But the more simple characters, um, I just don't. They never quite look right when I draw them. Me. Sai, I think you're the last person I have to ask about. I'm going to be the odd duck out here because Frankie is the hardest character I have. Like, yeah, I have so much trouble drawing him. His shoulders and his arms are the things that cause me the most pain because they're such geometric shapes. And I'm not very good at drawing geometric shapes, personally. I'm more more uh, natural flu- uh, fluid style. Um, but the characters I have an easiest time with are actually Usopp and Luffy. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough. Uh, and I guess that's because a few years ago during Dressrosa, I like uh, shoved out a whole ton of fan art. Most of it was like Luffy and Law. And they have basically the same fucking hair. And <laughs> I drew that hair a lot. And I drew it a lot and I got used to it. And then I got really good at drawing that hair. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's yeah. why I specified pre time skip Frankie. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, um, surprisingly, the, the, one of the characters I have the hardest time with is Sanji. Mm. His hair messes me up. Yeah, I have a hard time with his part. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I, I've always had difficulty with Sanji's hair. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I, I want to know the secret. You know, behind, you not, know what not I his do? eyebrows, but his hair. You know what I do with Sanji? And, like, Dave kind of brought this up, too. I kind of make him my own. Because I, I can't draw Sanji the I way I try Odie draws to, but Sanji. it just never works out, and he looks wrong. Well, uh, yeah, he is going to, but like what you do in, L- in examples like that, you find what the essence of the character is about. As, so as long as don't find the essence of Sanji. Know. That's horrible. <laughs> no, but as long uh, no, as not the know. not the character essence, but the design <laughs> essence. This, what Maddie like, talk about Sanji, guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, this is one of my favorite things that. Um, Ian Jones Cordy, the creator of OKKO, OK has talked about in his animation is that as long as the character is recognizable, it can look like whatever. And yeah. that's one of the reasons shows like OKKO OK are really fun to watch because the characters are so dynamic and like morphable that they can be a normal size and then they'll be like tiny and then they'll just like they, they have really crazy proportions all the time. And I think I really like that lesson from him that he was like, well, you know, as long as you can tell who it is, like, it doesn't matter. They can look however you feel. Mm-hmm. Like you know, one of the- Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go, oh, um, uh, that, that just reminds me a lot of like Studio Trigger because their proportions like go all over the place in their series. But it's always recognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A fundamental thing you have to keep in mind, specifically when you're producing animation, but this is what Oda does within his artwork, is that clear silhouettes and unique designs help sell the character. Like, you know who, you can tell who Sanji is versus who Zoro is versus who Usopp, Luffy, Nami, Robin is from a distance, because the silhouettes are that clear. And when I mentioned, like, the essence of the character is just like what Maddie mentioned, like, there's there's enough key points of the character that if you just do those little points, then you know who it is. And again, hand of the master versus your own personal aesthetic. Putting in your personal aesthetic is fine as long as you hit those key points. Yeah, um, and I don't know if you guys follow Paul on Twitter. His username is Silleride. He's a really fantastic artist, and he's been doing One Piece art lately. And his takes on the characters are really unique. Like, he'll draw Sanji yeah. with both his eyes shown... And it's which is like completely against what you would think the fundamental 
thing of Sanji is, but he's completely recognizable mm-hmm. because of other aspects like his eyebrows and his, you know, his actions. So, um, I, <laughs> I really like seeing people experiment with the characters because they are fun and you can do a lot with them with, while maintaining their essence, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah he has a very cool style too. I, I know who you're talking about there. Oh, um, random. Sorry, um, Cause I just, I drew that one piece uh, picture the other day. So I ended up drawing all the straw hats. The one character I didn't expect to have an easiest time with was Jimbe. He was so much mm. easier to draw oh, yeah. than I expected. <laughs> he's, a, he's a it's... triangle. He really is. He's a big onigiri. Yeah, totally. Uh, like... A big blue Dorito. <laughs> and it was, it was funny to me because those are the last two characters in that picture that I had to finish. And Jinbei was so much easier, and then the final one was Frankie, and I hated drawing that so much. I mean, I like how it came out, but it was such a struggle to to draw him at that angle for me. Mm-hmm. I like his design. I'm just bad at drawing it. So, I, I think since we end up with Jinbei here, let's, let's, let's talk about how Oda has evolved and how your experience with, with Oda has kind of evolved over that kind of time. David, I, I want to throw it to you first. Just, you know, how how you've experienced Oda through the years. Um, I mean, through, through the years, like, uh, I'm, I still feel like... Uh, Decades. Uh, compared, compared to you guys, I feel like I'm still kind of a fairly recent One Piece fan. I've, liked, I've, I've been into One Piece for like, I don't know, five years now. Uh, six, I mean, I've only seven. really been into it for like maybe three, so you're okay. Never mind. Ahead of me. Um, so, like, One Piece art kind of lives all at the same time for me, but you can still see like the progression through the work through the decades. It's a little hard to like make your brain wrap around the fact that like, oh, if you know, every fifty-two chapters of this manga I mean equals one year, um, or something like that. Uh, what ha- what is really interesting though is that um you know like there's people who have like journal comics and uh like daily drawings and stuff uh and like those are like really intimate personal views into their lives but there's a quality to one piece which is that uh because he's been drawing it for the last what is it 23 years now yep mm-hmm. yeah th- mm-hmm. we have a basically week by week record of uh Ichiro Oda's art style uh which is crazy <laughs> which is there, I can I can, I really can't think of uh, uh, anything else like that. Um, and so you can see, you can see uh, early on when he's restraining his own style to try and make it feel a little more mass market, to to try, mm-hmm. to try and make it a little more uh, uh, anime. Um, I think it's really interesting that, uh, and I think we'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, some of his influences, he lists Mike Mignola as an influence. And early on, there are some attempts at really dynamic shading, really dark mm-hmm. shadows, really uh, 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 lots of like flat blacks. They never really work. It's just not his steez. It's not. It's not the thing that he's good at. He's good at putting lines on a page. He's that not really thriller bark. Well, okay. I mean, thrill- yeah, there's we're some talking really good years stuff. and years of experience. Yeah, he he does a really good shading, especially in Skypea when the lightning effect happens and like all the faces are in like half light. Mm-hmm. It's stark black and yeah, white. Yeah, but like early on, I feel like there's 
Yeah, super early, super early on. Like when Zoro shows up and like half his face is is uh, uh, is a solid black shadow, and it's just not. It's just it, It's not meshing it, with with the rest of his uh, 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 his art. It's just. It reminds me a lot of like a high schooler trying to draw anime for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that's cool about that period. That's the thing is that the thing that's cool about that period is really seeing him like throw everything he can at the comic and see what he likes to do. And there's a sort of uh, spirit of experimentation that I don't see quite as much. I I feel like now he will do things that you don't expect uh, in the story and come up with crazy characters and things that are still very fun and lively. But I think in that beginning, there is a lot more of that Mm -hmm. experimentation, which makes it very, very vital and very uh, fun Mm -hmm. to look at, even if something doesn't work 100%. Mm -hmm. I will say, I think one Mm -hmm. thing that has slowly gotten worse over time, and I think, you know, like it starts out off again, as we're saying, like 19-year-old, and then it gets better and better and better and better. But like, I think it's kind of, as his art style has evolved, I think he's starting, he, he starts thinking about making full page compositions to mm-hmm. the detriment of the actual act of sequential storytelling mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that uh, early One Piece, the panels flow in a comfortable and an, uh, 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 an engaging way. There are nice reveals. There are There's clarity of mo- movement and action where later on, like where we are right now, sometimes entire entire battles or something will, will be masked off between panels or there'll be like these uh, uh transitions that are very inscrutable or uh uh whole character reveals that are just kind of shoved in the corner because actually what he really 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 wants to do is show you this incredible and truly incredible uh uh you know like here's here's the flower capital of wano okay cool mm-hmm. but that's not the story and so like i feel like it He's getting away from comics art and closer to illustration as uh, uh, as he goes on. Yeah, he does his, get his... really caught up um, <clears throat> in those double page spreads, uh, and, and some of them are great. What came to my mind as you were talking about that? It's like uh, during Marineford when you see the 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 warlords all lining up. It looks really cool. It, it doesn't necessarily tell a story. It's just like here's a really cool shot of all these villains. I think this isn't so much an Oda problem. I think this is an anime adaptation problem. Let, like, you know, as the years gone on, the anime just stuck with just adapting the manga pretty much as is, mm. even using the same shots. I could think, and, and how, like, something that's a double page spread is really freaking cool in the manga. It's dull as dirt in the anime. And mm. I think one of the episodes I think of specifically is. Uh, and Shabandi when Luffy, Kid, and Law team up for the first time. Really cool in the manga. It is a horrendous looking anime episode if I've ever seen one. And, yeah, uh, I'll back that. But like, uh, yeah, I, he also well, doesn't design for the spine uh, so much anymore. Like his work, <laughs> his work like really works a lot better digitally than it does in print, which is something crazy for me to say because I'm a big like uh, print nerd versus digital comics and stuff. But like. His he just really lays out those double page spreads like you're going to be looking mm-hmm. at it on a flat surface 
And yeah, so sometimes I, yeah. weird little details that are actually pretty important get lost in that yeah, spine. That, and I'm that's like, been bugging me a lot in the past three or four years where like mm-hmm. if I get the, the manga release volume release, I'm like, there's information there I can't see anymore because it's buried in the in the spine. You know, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I would say that's gotten worse in Wano. Uh, yeah, Agreed. I think I first started noticing it in Marineford, and it's just gotten worse well, over time. Like, he, he'll he do a weird thing where there will be, like, a little sliver of a panel that's a, just a little bit on the uh, previous page. And it's like, why why uh-huh. is that even there? Like, yeah, just push could, that over a little bit. Yeah, you uh, could have just have one page dedicated to the one full-page spread, and the rest just keep your panel box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at right now, uh, I've got one of them framed, is the... Uh, uh, the Tokyo Tower would have these these um, um, page replicas, these uh, double page spread replicas um, that still have like the uh, pencil marks and mm-hmm. stuff on them of uh, of double page spreads. And uh, part of me wonders if uh, that was almost like intentional. Hey, you should just not worry about the spine, but worry about how many of these we can sell. Um, mm, I <laughs> and I know that's definitely not the case no way. at all, but I I just had that. Had that thought if if this was a purely capitalist uh, uh, decision, mm. um, but I, I mean I think if you've been making comics for as long as he's been doing it, and he's just like I don't care, I'm just gonna do whatever <laughs> ever I, I want. I don't care how well, it's like, in the book. Do you think that point. his new kid uh, editors uh, are ever gonna say, "Well, Mr. Otisun, say the man who makes uh, 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 who, billions, <laughs> uh, who makes who yeah, who put keeps Shueisha in business, uh, do." Could you please think about the? Uh, 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 can you, could you please think about the binding uh, in this glorious illustration? Like, no, of course not. It's 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 the uh, the it's that problem that all fa- uh, uh, super successful uh, artists and authors get into, which is at a certain point their power and fame loosens them from the moors of editing. Which, yeah. on the one hand, lets them do whatever mm-hmm. they want, but on the other hand, sometimes you just need somebody to say, "Actually, when this gets printed, you're go- uh, uh, this text box is going to be in the crease, and nobody's going to know what Beppo said." I think. One yeah, of the- I'm, surprised. To- I'm surprised that there's a bunch of young kids who are like, "But Mr. Oda, you must think about books, <laughs> and paper." <laughs> See, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> my that might be the problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean. This goes back to what I was saying about the sort of uh, spirit of experimentation still being very, like, uh, fun to look at in those early volumes when they don't work. That's something that I think is still really cool is that he is pushing the design in interesting ways. And even if it doesn't work, I respect the decisions he's making because he's trying to, like, make something cool, you know? (laughs) I do think that one of the reasons this is happening is because we've seen that Oda is slowly transitioning to, like, digital and a lot of these mm-hmm. things he wasn't like able to do on paper and now he's you know getting the chance to like freely explore that with digital he, he's not completely digital he still like draws it on paper and all that but it's like i think it's giving him more of a sense of freedom on what he can do now than what pen and paper was allowing him to do yeah i wonder yeah. if he is laying out those comics pages digitally and then drawing over them he might be but we all know especially those of us who only are mostly work digitally Sometimes you need limitations. Mm-hmm. You do. Sometimes just having mm-hmm. that blank sheet and like uh, you need specifications sometimes to be able to create. Otherwise, you just like stare at the blank the screen. Mm-hmm. You know what I keep thinking about is uh, both in terms of things because uh, like earlier we were talking about things that have that cannot translate from the manga to the anime. 
uh, but also changes in his style. Uh, are the pages in Skypea where Robin is walking around the ancient ruins, which mm-hmm. are some of my some of my favorite art in One Piece? But there's pages of uh, uh, you know tiny little Robin just walking around these gigantic ruins, and in the in the anime, it is the dullest stuff in the world because there isn't <laughs> there isn't the, the chance for you to like wander your eye around. It's just you know a shot of Robin and then a bunch of rocks in the background, and there's also like there isn't the variance of scale. There isn't the variance of panel to panel where you can feel the transition. It's just, you mm-hmm. know, shot. Robin's about, you know, a third of the size on the screen. Shot. Robin's about a third of the size on the screen because they can't shrink her down too far. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't know where she was. Um, I think but that's... Also, uh, oh, go on. Well, but also, can you imagine the ma- the manga now de- dedicating like four or five pages to just Robin walking around almost wordlessly through... Uh, 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 through this environment, there isn't any time. Yeah. There isn't any. Uh, 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 there isn't like you would have like maybe one big splash panel, and then like three tiny little uh, 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 stamps uh, down at the bottom of her, like going huh, 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 and then we'd be on to the next thing because there's just no time and there's too many characters to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. His speed. That, um, find out those bounties. His speed has been going like breakneck recently in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. He's trying to show so much information into one chapter, but um, with, with the the Robin anime thing, I think that's more of a limitation of the anime being a weekly series instead of a, a seasonal mm-hmm. thing. Because I'm sure yeah. a really good uh, production company could be able to pull that off, but because it's a weekly thing, there's not a lot of time to really dedicate to that. So they just mm-hmm. have to hash it out. Yeah, yeah. This uh, brings me to something that I wanted to talk about. Uh, speaking about um, how his uh, work has gotten more and more kind of rushed, as far as like the story, tell- he's cramming more. I won't. I don't want to say rushed. That has a different connotation. But he's cramming more and more storytelling into each uh, page. Uh, essentially, um, there's this thing that I think about a lot with him, um, which is this interview that he did with Takehiko Inoue the artist behind Vagabond and Slam Dunk and stuff. Um, And uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to just read uh, a couple segments from this. Um, So they ask uh, Inoue what he thinks of Oda's art. And this was a long time ago, actually. So, but it's interesting how it kind of relates. I think it was like an 09, 2010. I think it was when we started the show. I remember that interview. So Inoue says that his art, uh, it's full of an appeal that is uh, the complete opposite of my work. It's full of life and has the power to draw readers to specific points. Comparatively, I'm an artist that likes subtraction. I try to fill things in as little as possible and leave something in the negative space. To which Oda says, um, I don't know, I, I uh, but I just can't help but draw a lot. The weekly format is set at 19 pages, but from the creator perspective, I want to move the story along faster. I end up jamming as much as I can in there. Uh, there is... Also wanting to finish uh, faster so I can relax. Inoue says, um, wanting to relax is something I can relate to. And then Oda uh, finishes this off. Um, I'm probably living in haste. My panels get smaller and smaller, and I don't draw unnecessary panels. My scenes are all jam-packed. First of all, there are too many characters. And then he laughs. Uh, The story is mainly only about five characters. But there are so many things that I want to do that it ended up being the way it is now. And I think what this really like shows is what I think of about Oda's art is it feels like very compulsive. Like mm-hmm. he he really has this compulsion 
uh, compulsion to like fill as much in as he can. He's very detail oriented. He loves uh, lots and lots of characters and his storytelling is this way as well as his art. And um, I think that's something that you can kind of see him build uh, over time. Like those early One Piece chapters, it's really interesting to see them and be like, wow, these panels are so big and these these like backgrounds are so empty and stuff. Um, you can almost say that might have been a case of him not just having the speed and confidence of his work that he used to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd say he's more confident now than he was back then. <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know, and then there's, um, it also makes me think of that character uh, from Bakuman that like some folks think might be kind of based off of him who just is like the rival character that's just like effortlessly creating series and they become big hits and whatever. And I, I just think that this stuff like kind of flows out of Oda very naturally. Mm-hmm. And he lo- and he has that sort of doodling sensibility, kind of doodling in your sketchbook. Um, and that's why he just loves to like fill up as much space as possible because that's really just the way his brain is naturally going, which I think is really cool. It doesn't feel forced, yeah. but it does make the comic feel very crowded and uh, tougher to read sometimes. Yeah, I feel... I- He's super ambitious. Uh, two, two things. One, I just realized that, yeah, Oda draws so much that the way he uh, makes a big statement is to not draw anything. That, like, whenever there's a really big impact panel, he doesn't draw the uh, the background in 5,000 characters. He just draws, like, one person mm-hmm. saying one thing, and it's a whole page. And, like, oh, he didn't draw. <laughs> um, chapter chapter 550, Ace's reveal of his father. Mm-hmm. That's or true. Sh- yeah. Shanks with the hat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or come to uh, end the, yeah. War. the dreams of pirates Black never beard. die. Or, uh, or the dreams of people. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are the... I mean... See, I love uh, that, though. But you know like, what that I... does narratively? Basically, when it's like uh, um, uh, all this chaos, 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 and then you breathe, that's the timing inflicted based on how he is interpreting the art for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. yeah, I happen to really like that a lot. And uh, we were talking earlier about how there are certain panels that are just dedicated to, you know, the dawn introduction of one character. And that is so effective, um, to me anyway, because part of the reason that I really love One Piece, as I stated before, is because I love um, to see what kind of design he can come up with. And when you have that dawn uh, uh, bit you can see, uh, you know, this character in all of their glory, and then you sort of get an idea of how uh, they move and stuff through these little tinier panels. And um, it's actually kind of funny uh, in terms of just uh, picturing how the characters move, by the way. This is sort of tangential. But uh, the way Luffy moves is, uh, like... He's got a very childlike stride to him, right? And I mm. think that the anime does a really great job of interpreting how Luffy moves. And uh, whenever I read the manga and I'm imagining Luffy moving, that's sort of how I imagine him taking, you know, these, he, he runs by taking these gigantic uh, strides. And um, I don't know if this has anything to do with your initial shot of a character um, or the uh, the tinier panels in which you see them with other characters with you know uh, stuff in the background and by stuff i mean you know the amount of crap that oda has put in the background over the course of time that has uh, significantly increased but uh, we'll get to that i suppose i don't know like i i i really appreciate uh the effect that that has and when i see don't see that kind of thing in other comics it bothers me now mm. 
um, because I like I like a little bit of a spotlight, even from minor characters. Yeah, they look so simple in comparison now. Yeah, like I'm even thinking back to the Baratier arc when when Pearl is introduced. Pearl, the most insignificant character. Um, but Tell us, <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay Michael Tatum. <laughs> Yeah, I I, mean, I I was trying to get a rise out of Steve a little bit on purpose, but uh, Pearl is a really great example because uh, the first time we see Pearl, it takes up the entire page. Um, he's not there for very long, but you get to see his ridiculous design. And even now, that still sticks with me. Like, every minor character and their ridiculous design always will stick within me because Oda always puts this exclamation point on when they arrive. Mm. Um, even the supersonic duck squad. I was about to say the the supersonic uh, spot bill ducks, or um, even the uh, the most minor of of group characters, the claw kicking. Uh, I'm gonna commit suicide team. What were they called? Oh, the guys the who drink the poison. Oh yeah, them. <laughs> poison water. They, they appear for like two chapters. No, they they appear for like two panels. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yes. it's it's at the very- hell. I was even thinking of m- remember the ridiculous naval guy from Punk Hazard who wears like the the armored like, pants and like, like the, oh yeah, Yari Sugi. I, I, I was gonna say Yari. I was gonna say Yaridovich, but that's a super Mario RPG. <laughs> the, the guy that's always like it's too much. It's too much yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, or even um uh Pudin Pudin Pudding Pudding. However you want to say oh, yeah. his name in the Arlong arc. Um, I'll always remember that that dumb haircut. Like, <laughs> it's this character who only shows up for a moment and gets completely jobbed by by uh, Arlong's lieutenants. But it, it's know, it's because of those panels. He's the first good Marine we actually see in the series, and he immediately dies. Mm, that's true. What, uh, he, he does pre predate a uh, smoker. <laughs> uh, what's the story about um the the worst generation that like. Oda oh. did that, like, uh, his editor was like, uh, we should probably have some more pirates in this chapter, and then Oda was like, yeah, I'll just I'll just make something up, and then a day later, uh, he had drawn every single one of those designs. It wasn't even a day, it was only a few hours, I think. Christ. Yeah, and, and the thing that, 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 well, thinking on that, though, it makes me wonder if Oda, in his, you know, story draft, had, like, okay, boilerplate pirates who team up with Luffy who are going to be a big deal in the future. Um, but I don't know what they look like. Uh-huh. But here they are in my story draft. Like, this is where they are. But I don't know who they are exactly or what they're going to uh, look like yet. I, I'm more interested now in just seeing what his story drafts one, are. Like. One thing that uh, kind of sticks out to me, um, so in one, we were talking about this a little earlier in the chat, uh, in the One Piece manga, Volume 9, uh, they had a feature on the people that Oda cites as influences on his art. And uh, those people are mm-hmm. Ashley Wood, Mike Mignola, Jusaburo Tsurjimura, uh, Tim Burton, uh, the Time Bokan designs from Kunio Okawara, Simon Beisley, and Michael Lau. And what really struck out stuck out to me is that uh, of those people, only Mike Mignola and Simon Beisley actually do, co- like, are actual full-time comics-only artists. Uh, mm-hmm. Ashley Wood, uh, Tsujimura... Uh, uh, so Ashley Wood is uh, you know, a really good uh, uh, artist. He can do comics. He's, uh, he's done Metal Gear Solid comics. Uh, but uh, primarily he's known for his uh, toy lines, um, the 2A uh, toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suja, uh, uh, Jusaburo Tsujimura is a famous uh, puppet designer. And he makes uh, uh, makes and performs puppets. He's actually got a really cool like 
museum slash workshop now in Japan where like you can go and visit and then he'll like put on a show and show you how he does things. Uh, Tim Burton, of course, like, you know, a famous visual designer, but mostly known for like doing the stop, all of his designs coming into 3D, uh, uh, being established and being a character designer. Uh, of course, Kunio Okawara uh, is a mecha designer, but that's basically like a character designer. Uh, Michael Lau uh, is, again, like a toy designer, a vinyl toy designer. So, like, of all the people, and even, like, with Mike Mignola and Simon Bisley, like, I think Mike Mignola is, like, one of the gods of sequential storytelling. Nobody's better, uh, uh, it's, or very few people are on his level. Um but also, like, an astounding... Yeah, Mignola didn't surprise me. Bisley is, like, a weird pull, well, in my opinion. But Simon Bisley, um, like, the thing about his, his him is that he's not often an interior artist. He's more known for, like, fantasy illustrations and covers. And those covers are incredibly Baroque. Uh, they're super designed. And, like, he draws, like, a lot of characters that have, like, a ton of details and weird costumes. Like, so the whole list, the arc of it, is all character design. It is. I think that's what Oda thinks about all the time is how can I design these characters? How can I outfit these characters? Uh, Sujimura, like his, uh, what I was picking up from his uh, publics, because the style doesn't feel like one piece at all. But whenever you see all of his puppets had these incredibly thought out and incredibly detailed and incredibly ornate uh, costumes, the kind that you'd see on like a, a color spread. Um, like I feel like mm. that's where his heart is, is that he just wants to design these things and like even um even that they're all almost all 3D like uh cuz like mm-hmm. you look at um like uh, uh, Akira Toriyama Akira Toriyama does not care how Goku's hair works in 3D he's just drawn a comic <laughs> um mm-hmm. really Oda definitely cares about how everything uh, uh, works in 3D, and that's why those characters transition so well into statues and into uh, merchandise. But I don't I don't think that he's, like, thinking about the merchandise on, at the end, but I do think that he's thinking about these things as three-dimensional things. They're very solid designs. You can say that about the world he builds as well, because you mentioned how he cares a lot about uh, the character designs, but even versus other uh, manga artists and his peers, I think his, his environmental detail is just as up there with his character mm-hmm. detail yeah, I was because gonna... he goes very yeah he, he definitely thinks about the mechanics of the world the economies of the world and of every island he cares about the especially world. when you're comparing it to dragon ball when you think about where they're yeah. fighting if you compare you know these <laughs> fights where you have you know versus ors or whatever where they're like running all around and there's all these things versus dragon ball where they fight and you know it's pit yeah so I don't... Uh, go ahead. No, no, go for Still it. Still going, Maddie. Steve. I don't know if this is just something in my own head or this was just something that used to just go around for a while that, like, you know, Toriyama was such, like, a inspiration for Oda. You know, it's like Oda's, like, the, like the next coming of Toriyama or whatever. And I don't know. Saying, like, oh, like, uh, Oda's, like, such a big fan of Toriyama. It's like, well... Like everyone loves Dragon Ball, yeah. so it's like I I couldn't think of two polar opposites in artistic approach than Toriyama and Oda. Sure. Yeah, and I've said this I said this publicly multiple times. I think when when Gear Four was introduced, I I, I said like Toriyama would never do something like this. Mm-hmm. Like this like he is not channeling Toriyama at all because uh like just like 
comparing to like a to a character from Toriyama's franchise, I think of Frieza. And as like Frieza's like final form is sleeker. Like I, I think Toriyama's like transformations resemble the way technology evolves. Like isn't, it gets sleeker, mm-hmm. smaller. Isn't that more of the editor's uh, fault? Like telling Toriyama, "Hey, make these characters a lot sleeker or more attractive looking." Mm, I There's the story I, about that I, I think, in the cell arc, but I don't think. Yeah, I thought I, don't know. I thought I heard something along the lines of that. Uh, Toriyama thought power from a smaller thing, you know, came from like a. I mean, almost like you would think a star, you know, the smaller stars sometimes hold more power than the than the big ones because of whatever. Mm. Um, and I think Oda has kind of the opposite concept. Yeah, well, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, just look at look at Gear 4 Luffy with how... Jesus Christ, it's like... It's like hat on a hat. Like, what's going on? Okay, he's super bouncy. He's super buff. But now he also has, like, black ink on him. It's also a kabuki thing. <laughs> and also he I can turn into a snake so man. Oh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's really cool. But it's yeah. like... It's, it, a, um, it's a design. I, yeah. I, I think Oda... The comparisons between Oda and Toriyama end with... They are both manga artists. Well, and like, well, uh, it, uh, Toriyama, like, um, uh, uh, Super Saiyan uh, uh, Goku has white hair because he got tired of filling in Goku's hair with ink every single time. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to exactly. make him have yeah. white hair. So I have less work to do. Year four is the opposite. He Oda gives himself more work to do whenever he goes into that form. That's his catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sai, what were you going to say? It, oh, um, Toriyama is a very late. I, I don't want to say lazy, but he's a, a person who tries to like find less to do on a project. No, lazy's. Lazy's fair. Yeah, okay. Lazy's um, not fair. But uh, with Oda, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember there was an interview somewhere where he like says he views himself as a really lazy person, but he doesn't view drawing manga as work, and that's why he keeps doing it, because he's just having so much fun. And um, it's, like what, it's like what my dad says, work smart, not harder. There, there was something else I was going to say, and then I can... <laughs> Yeah, there was something else I was going to say, and then I completely forgot what I was going to say. I'll just uh, I'll, I'll I'll go to bat for Toriyama here because I oh, remember when I, I read remember. that color lock interview, and it. Oh, go ahead. Um, a Gear Fourth design. It's like not a design you would see in any other series because every other series tries to make their main character's power up look a lot cooler or a lot sleeker or a lot more punk or you know whatever. Luffy's does not do that in any way. Because a lot of editors, I imagine, or just mangaka, they, they're they afraid that would, like, turn people off from the design or from the series. Yeah, I, and, think, yeah. I think Oda's really good at taking something you would think is going to be really stupid and then making it really cool. I mean, just with Zoro, it's like the idea of a man holding a sword in his mouth is just like, you're <laughs> like, what? But it's like the coolest freaking thing you've ever seen and i think that's one of oda's <laughs> strong suits <laughs> yeah i mean we can we can talk about that a little more too uh so we talked about how oda has gotten better or like things things about oda's style that we've seen have gone forward but i'm going through files okay hit it uh, yeah, but so no, it, did, it, it perfectly answers uh, David's question of, uh, <laughs> of 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 what it's like what Oda's art has how how Oda's art has influenced uh, David there. Yeah, <laughs> and got, and got a good. And we talked briefly. We should start talking about how uh, Oda's influence on our own work and maybe the greatest moments in uh, the series. 
as artistically. Well, can I um, can I can I uh, inter- yes. uh, just add something really quick to oh. the fact that Oda is so detailed with his stuff and how his designs tend to get more complicated. Something that I've sort of noticed about his work and I'm, I'm trying to sort of decipher is how he shorthands uh, a lot of his characters. Mm-hmm. Like, like the fact that he can make such complicated designs and have them fighting and moving and uh, continuing to do so, um, it, it, I, I often look at his designs and see shapes and figure out like, okay, so um, Rizo has, you know, this thing on his head. <laughs> He's got these little, little dealy boppers on the side of his head. Like, um, when he moves, this is how it looks like. Uh, it, it, with Awano especially, because he's got a whole mess of characters that he has to consistently uh, keep up with. Um, I have to. You got to give him credit for uh, for being able to figure out how to draw each character in uh, the most efficient way possible. And that's as a character design uh, rule. He's sort of breaking that. Because you don't you you what you want is of course to have a character that you can draw over and over without um, too much difficulty. But all of his characters, uh, especially like in the Wano work, and they all have these very complicated kimono and armor and stuff like that. It's it's very interesting uh, to me to see that he's just like no screw it. Um, I can figure out a way to consistently make uh, these characters move and um, also not compromise exactly how I want them to look. Um, but then again, I also thought about the the, um, the Kabuto armor that Chopper, Luffy, and Brooke wore uh, right before Act 2 ended that we never saw again. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just sad. So maybe sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, though, you know, you got to figure that uh, he might be biting off a little more he can chew in that department. But, uh, but yeah, like next time you read the comic, just look at, look, look at and see... Uh, where he can like shorthand his 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 wacky ass character designs because I think it's, it's something to really look at. Well, Oda Oda definitely goes above and beyond because look at just how he does armies of groups of people. He doesn't like no one ever wears the exact same thing over and over again. Even with uniformed goons, the Marines, yeah. various pirate associations, their sizes, their shapes, how they wear their armor. It's like he he has that thing, and I, I recognize this because I. I've done it myself where I never want to draw the same character twice. Mm-hmm. I'll, mm. I'll go back and look at old drawings like, oh, nope, I already did that already. So let me try to think of a new. So I remember new, new he didn't. There is an interview about this where he talked about one of the first mangas that he like um, did work on as, a, as an assistant. I don't remember which one it is, but he had drawn a crowd scene and Every single character had the same exact face, and he got like totally torn apart for it. <laughs> I remember and, this. Yeah. yeah, and I think that was like such a defining moment for him because from that time onward, he was like, everyone has to look different. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's just like a you know a really um, important part yeah. in his artistic Mo- life. Mostly, everyone has to look different. <laughs> you know, maybe not so the women. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'd like to hear how One Piece has influenced each of you. Um, if if you want to go around the horn, Brian, do you want to go first? Uh, sure, I'll I'll be quick. Uh, <laughs> <Please> so <laughs> no, it's okay. I I I had to yeah, I had to start it reading One Piece and got into it like right after college. I kind of wish I had One Piece during college. Uh, instead, I had Samurai Jack, and that's fine. But uh, 
So when I was, so when I start working professionally, I would often like copy Oda's panels and interpret in, not, I didn't interpret into my own work, but I would copy his panels and put in my sketchbook. So if you look at my sketchbook, sketchbooks around that era, you'll find little panels. I, I wouldn't draw backgrounds because I hate backgrounds, but uh, <laughs> I draw often like action sequences of characters, uh, specifically during Innis Lobby. And I noticed that helped my gesture drawing whenever I had to do an animated sequence. Like I learned how to make the clearest forms with the clearest silhouettes to push to uh, push an extreme pose and make sure that like my key poses hit where it mm. where it communicates the form that I need and also that like uh, I, I mentioned we were talking uh, when Oda had the uh, interview with the vagabond guy and. He talks about how he's minimalist versus Oda is a very complex artist. But I think Oda does another thing with his minimalistic ideas that even if the, the scene is crowded, he's not losing your he's not losing the form. He's like absolutely communicating that I want your eye to go here. When an impact happens, there's like a big splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I there's like clear shapes. And, and like we talk often about how when a like if someone gets hit into a building or gets hit through a building, like the buildings will warp. Mm-hmm. Like that level of cartooning and something that's super important just to communicate like uh, action, timing, weight, and uh, speed as well. So those aspects of how he communicates in his manga form really informed how I like interpret when I'm drawing storyboard panels, for example. Mm. Like, all right, that weight has to communicate here so everyone understands that's the most important hit before we move on to the next like scene of someone talking or like whatever however they recover from that so yeah to add on my oh sorry bear ramble no no you're fine i'm, I'm done um to so, add on to that there was like I, I think it was by super eye patch wolf um a video sort of comparing oda and toriyama and the way they lay out comic panels and they're very efficient and at making your eye follow exactly where you they want you to follow and it's it's a very interesting when it's pointed out because it's it comes so naturally to both of them that it doesn't feel forced. It just feels very like your eye goes here, then here, then here, and it makes things so much easier to navigate the page. Steve, I know you were, I mean, I know you are a storyboard mm-hmm. artist, but you also did <laughs> comics before that too. So I I mean, and I know for a fact it has informed you somewhat. Uh, do you want to talk about how? Uh yeah, One Piece got me really young. <laughs> <laughs> Because I would say, you know, like, you know, I was such a big Dragon Ball fan. And I and I think there's no shame in when you're young, you kind of replicate the art styles of the artists you like. It's just, it's eventually how you learn. It's a, how you create your own style. But I was so heavily influenced by Toriyama. And then that shifted when I became such a, a One Piece nut. And, and it's... Like it's followed me ever since, and I don't know if that's like if if I'm tapping into a conversation we should have later, but I think one of the like a lot of the aspects of his art that I love and what I try to tap into is what Alex talked about earlier is just a lot of that shorthand stuff, uh, just a lot of the stylization of his characters. I think I'm just I'm more drawn to just. And I think we we talked about earlier with characters like Jimbei and Frankie. I'm more drawn towards characters that I'm like, oh, like it's like you just take this shape and this shape and you make this character instead of just super rendered uh, 
I don't want to say realistic art, but it's like I, I, I am more drawn towards things that look like One Piece than I am to something that looks like like Vagabond. You know, and I'm not saying one art is better than the other. It's just personal preference. But I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I have from his artwork. I just, I think I just love like just the stylization, the shorthand, and just the. And also just the exaggerated poses and expressions. Like I love to do that too with my own stuff. And then of course, like his, you know, his action, like his, a lot of his, like a lot of his fights in particular have so much weight to them. And I, I'm just thinking mostly of anytime Luffy punches someone in the face, <laughs> it's, there's so much going on there. There's so much weight behind that. There's so much movement. Like I know, like, I think one of the first things I think I was always just copying from Oda was just that look of someone who just got decked in the face and just how their <laughs> cheek is kind of just bulging over their eye and their mouth yeah. and their and their mouth is kind of just duck mouthing out because they just got walloped. Um, that's something that I've just incorporated for years. I, I, I th- yeah, their, their faces look like putty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would say, and, and there's plenty of things that Oda does that I do not uh like to replicate and i think i i think i tap into earlier oda than or say like the i don't want to say just oh pre-time skip because i feel like that that that, that's getting into a weird debate but i think those like those first 10 years i tap into that stuff a lot more than some of like the later stuff he does not saying i don't take anything from his current stuff but i just i like the cartooniness i like cartoons (laughs) that's okay um Anyone else want to? Uh, uh, yeah, he. Jeremy. You know, I don't think that you would look at my art and then immediately be like, "Oh, you're obviously influenced by One Piece." Um, so, like, art style wise, I don't think so much. Although, probably some things I've just absorbed through osmosis about like framing a dramatic scene or a, a big uh, punch or something like that. Um, what's really uh, the thing that I've really consciously thought about a lot with Oda is um, just, first of all, like I was saying, really admiring his kind of adventurous spirit and uh, being really, really doing whatever he wants and and giving you the sense that anything can go. Um, But also uh, pushing for very emotional storytelling. Um, I don't, you know, I still haven't drawn like a super ugly cry scene (laughs) like, like he has, but like I definitely think that since I've gotten really into One Piece, like, my recent comics have had more tears in them and more dramatic uh, kind of, um, you know, heartfelt moments than maybe they would have previously. And um, it's because, you know, it's not that I wasn't consuming anything that had that kind of thing, but Oda showed that you can do that in a very fun uh, action adventure comic as well, you know, in a way that's really, really great. Um, Alex or David? Yeah, so uh, similarly, like, I for a very long time, I would just draw the stuff that I liked um, reading and, and watching. Like, I was a huge Spider-Man fan. At one point, yes, I got very much into Dragon Ball. And that's sort of how I based my, my art style on as well. Like, very similar to Steve, uh, I'm not going to say One Piece got me at a young age because I started drawing One Piece when I first saw it when I was, like, 18, I guess. Um, and my uh, my art style in college was similar to One Piece in 
uh, in certain ways, um, mostly how I design characters. Um, I would sort of uh, throw out uh, like any sort of um, like any sort of gravity <laughs> would just kind of go out the window. I'm like, yeah, the hair is like that. Just there's there's a reason for it, but you don't see it. Like um, like the reason Buggy's hair uh, is the way it is, or Django's got a mushroom instead of a where like where a beard would be like that kind of thing like i would sort of uh it would encourage me to sort of go nuts with character designs and stuff like that and um i would say that my my art style is sort of a combination of that and comics like asterix and lucky luke and all these french comics french franco-belgian comics that i grew up reading um mixed a little bit with um with bone uh jeff smith's bone which is i think uh one of the greatest uh adventure comics yes. <laughs> in existence definitely um agreed there's something and, and there's some, and i to heart to to bring bone up um and to sort of compare it to one piece in that there's a lot of really realistic uh elements to bone in terms of the environments and everything like that but then you have these characters that are out of something uh like like a carl barks mm-hmm. uh scrooge comic and that aesthetic is something that I strive for a lot. Like I like the idea of something that you can take from this real world, but sort of combining it with um, the malleability of what a tune can be Uh, where the um, like Toriyama does this too, where people get shot with bullets and you see just the blood marks and stuff like that, but they're okay. Like in one, like that's sort of the gag manga uh, effect a little bit. Or characters who fall from great heights and they're okay, but if they get stabbed, they're probably going to die. Like, there's that uh, juxtaposition juxtaposition between reality and and cartoon that, uh, and there's a line that is so fine that you can't really tell where it is, and uh, depending on where you want it to be at what point, um, that's where it is. Uh, And that's sort of what I've taken from One Piece, that, um, that element of your imagination just sort of going wild and uh, taking those rules that you've established and tweaking them however you see fit, uh-huh. but not to a ridiculous degree. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I kind of want to back you up on that. Like what's re- what Jeff Smith does brilliantly with Bone is the fact that his humanoid and fantasy world characters feel like a, a certain <laughs> comic aesthetic while the uh, Bone Knights the, from Boneville have a definite Disney carbox cartoonist set, and he separates them. Mm-hmm. And that's by yeah. design, they, while Oda combines all those elements together. So you can't yeah. really separate the cartoon elements from the comic book elements, or it's not one piece. Yeah. yeah. They, are they really from Boneville? <laughs> they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you haven't read it, Steve? Holy yeah, shit. Steve. I still have not read Bone. Read it I before know, the I series know. comes out, I'll tell you. I have I know. not read it either. I, I gotta get. I I know. I gotta get on the I bone train. I lent my complete bone oh my to my. Uh, <laughs> I lent my complete <laughs> uh, bone to my wife when we were in high school, and she used it as a. Hi, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I'm sure she but, enjoyed it. Yeah, but it was it was that. Oh, no, uh, she used it as a. I mean, she enjoyed it, but she enjoyed its function as a doorstop for five years. <laughs> And then, oh, are you still talking about your penis? <laughs> are you doing okay? <laughs> I'm so sorry, David, oh, that that happened. Uh, it's okay. Uh, so everyone program. on this call and everyone listening to this episode, your homework is to read Bone. <laughs> Bone Up yes. by Jeff Smith. Yeah, but 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 I, I like I put That'll one piece. That'll be hard for me, but okay. 
I, I put One Piece up there uh, with Bone in terms of how the story is constructed and how the characters sort of move uh, in in that world. So, um, and and that has influenced me sort of as an artist. And uh, lately, I've been sort of trying to get away from Oda's style a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but when you're drawing Luffy, it's hard to not uh, sort mm-hmm. of mimic that style. It's hard to find a balance. And and let me tell you that uh, the and this is a kind of a detriment. Part of the reason that I don't draw women a lot is because I've gotten so used to how Oda does it, and um, I try to uh, think back to my life drawing days and uh, try to hone that a little bit more. But um, yeah, that's that's sort of a confession of mine is that I often don't. Uh, draw women also just mainly to avoid it because I'm like oh no like yeah what do I, do? Um, I I feel like one of the because I get kind of stuck in that red too and the way I draw women sometimes and I to help with that I just start drawing someone I would normally draw a man and then just you know make it a woman yep that's a that's a fair solution yeah I I have I've done that in the past I've done that in the past as well um at some point, I'd like to share some some drawings with you all from my oh, sketchbooks. Please. At one point, uh, from a from really adventure fun. story that I was planning. Um, sorry, listeners, but <laughs> they, I think they exist <laughs> somewhere in the Twitter sphere or the Tumblr sphere, actually. But uh, sorry, I I've went on for far too long. Oh, I you're my time. I, I yield. You're my time. fine, <laughs> and we're gonna get into we're gonna get into that subject. I'm not just avoiding it uh, since it since yeah. it is an important one. But I do want to ask David but, at but least I, um, it, how it's influenced him. Um. So, uh, uh, I think the thing that I, cause like, <laughs> uh, my personal style is always in flux. I'm not good. I have a, I've got this thing where I've got an incredibly bad memory, uh, even down to muscle memory. So I feel like if I Same. do not draw every single day, I have to teach myself how to draw again from the ground up. Like even if I, mm. if, <laughs> I, I go rusty so fast. And so I feel like I am always trying to rebuild my personal style like retrain my hand to do things the way i want them to come out in my head uh so like i can't if it it, it would it would be hubris to say that he has influenced my personal style my personal style is ephemeral but the qualities of oda's art that i want to pull into my style i think like, I think that the thing that I love the most about Oda are his color illustrations. I think that's what Oda loves doing the most, too. Like, I think that's the thing that he was truly put on this earth to do, is to make those beautiful color illustrations. And then he just has created a 23-year-long manga to justify uh, getting those out. Um, I love how he uses color, even if it does get garish sometimes. I love the quality of his rendering. I love the quality of his inks. I think there's a thing to the way he even designs where he has a lot of detail, but the de- the level of detail is never is never too baroque. It's never too much. It is e- evenly distributed. He knows when to leave something sparse. Um I love in Oda's art, actually, whenever he kind of downgrades the characters just a little bit. Because, like, there's the regular look that they... There's the on-model look. And then usually for, like, a comedic uh, uh, beat, he can simplify their faces down. Um, In my... uh, uh, (laughs) So, uh, one of my ongoing projects is a uh, trying to... I'm trying to construct a 
a working reference folder for the things that I want in my art. And unfortunately, it's turned into sort of an obsessive compulsive habit. I've got about, uh, I think at last count, uh, slightly over 1.1 million uh, pictures to sort through. So uh, that's never going to happen. But one of the things that's still up there will never go away is... uh, a clip of Nami giving a thumb, uh, giving a thumbs up to try and hitch a ride from one of the color spreads where they're all like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." And what I love about and because that pick uh, uh, that has like three things that I really love. Uh, one is that like uh, 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 the density of detail uh, uh, on Nami. So like, yeah, she's 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 bearing her skin, but what what's working there is that there are uh, like her arms and her legs are. Uh, uh, your eye gets to relax, and then uh, she's got, like, this really detailed backpack, her hair. Like, the way that the, that it kind of goes from high-density detail to low-density detail to high-density detail to low-density detail. I have a problem with that, and I want to incorporate that in my work. The second is that I love mm. the way that he he he's rendered the color, the way that uh, her fingers and toes and knee get a little redder. Uh, like, there's there's subtle blending in the way that he does things that, that makes it very appealing, again, uh, the way that the texture of the paper shows through and i love her stupid smile she's got this big <laughs> grin and it's got like three lines to show the teeth and it's very not uh, uh it's it's very not on nami model uh, uh uh but there's a quality to that grin that i find very appealing and uh like so th- that, that is uh oh, i'm sorry i'm cutting you off no no, no no uh, uh please I, that's one of my favorite things to draw now is that big toothy mm-hmm. grin? I, I, I think I clearly jacked that from from Oda, but I, I love that, and I think, uh, yeah, I'm glad like Luffy does it a lot. But yeah, so to see like a character like Nami, who's, you know, intentionally meant to be drawn very beautiful and very desirable, uh, to have that big goofy grin on her, I don't know, it just makes her more, like, I, I it makes her more of a character. I think more fleshed out to me. One of my favorite panels. Is uh, Sanji having a big goofy grin when he's talking about the all blue? Because mm-hmm. we don't oh, get to yeah. see him smile like that. It's like there's maybe two panels in the series where he smiles like that, and it's just so like heartwarming to see. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. I think one of my other favorite like color walks because there's there's a few that I really really like. Uh, I think another one of my favorite uh, color walks is the one, and I just posted it in, uh, in the chat because I had a realization uh it's the one where they're all dressed up like ninjas um and uh uh, nami and robin have the super long legs um (laughs) yeah and i just realized that that, like looking at this and just having ashley wood's art in my head oh that's what he was actually trying to do like because i remember when that came out it was like why aren't there legs noodles and it's oh he was trying to do an ashley wood thing there and it doesn't work but he tried it um but what i love about this thing is uh uh like everybody's these, everybody is like this uh, 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 has like the detail colors, but then you've got uh, Luffy in the background, and he's just using orange, and like that mm-hmm. use of color, uh, 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 where like it's simplified down just a little bit. Oh, I really love that. I wish I could put that into my head and into my hand and make it happen to the world. So that's <laughs> like I don't know, and uh, uh, I think also like the one thing that I do think that's come into my art uh, from One Piece is that my eyes are getting a little rounder and a little lower on the face, and my noses are going up a little bit. Um, so everybody's kind of getting baby head, but uh, yeah, I think Oda's art is aspirational. Maddie, 
um, yeah, I kind of have issues pinpointing my influence because I just take in so much media. Though Oda is one of the artists who kind of bridges the gap between like Western or like American kind of cartoons and mm-hmm. and anime, which is my personal favorite style of anime. I'm like a I'm a huge Tezuka fan, and mm-hmm. so I really like those styles that when when things are like super super anime they tend to look a little generic to me so i like the mm-hmm. ones that kind of incorporate elements from both anime style and um western it's, it's definitely style. uh um it's definitely yeah it's definitely a formula it's definitely a factory that produces mm, anime yeah and i i mean so i i really got into one piece maybe like three years ago but i did read it when it first came out in Shonen Jump in the U.S. in 2002 or whatever. And I used to... I made, like, these cowboy characters that were drawn in the style of, like, Luffy and Zoro. I have no... I really want to find those drawings because I remember distinctly. But I really like his... In his uh, earlier chapters, I like his, like, skinny arms and his big hands and feet. It's similar to like how mm-hmm. Digimon is too. It's like the first season of Digimon where they mm-hmm. have like these kind of noodle arms and then they have these big hands and big feet mm-hmm. and big heads and kind of smaller torsos. And that's something that I like that um, early One Piece does, but a lot of other things do that as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, I kind of don't have a lot of experience like pinpointing exactly. I, I don't have like memories of being like, oh, I like this of his art and this and this and taking these things. But, yeah. you know, like any any media I consume is going to influence me in some way or another. Uh, Sai. So uh, I, I actually my the first uh, volume of One Piece I got in like sixth grade. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's sort of influenced me in little ways since then, um, especially how I like draw arms because he's got like a specific way of drawing arms. That's uh, I've picked up and um, a little bit of hands and a little bit of like how he like the the movement shape of bodies, not not tech, like specifically the bodies themselves, but like the way he draws them moving sort of that's sort of influenced me a lot. Um, it's it's hard hard to pinpoint um, how is how he draws his hair too has influenced me a lot. Um, it's funny because there's actually two big series that influenced me as an artist growing up. One Piece is one of them, and Danny Phantom's the other one. Very, very different hmm. styles. Um, so the very different. Yeah. So I, I mean, I also want to ask, and we've discussed this a little bit through this point, but what do you think? And I, I think I know the answer here, but what do you think Oda could improve upon? And have do you think that he's also taken steps to try, or do you think he's even aware of, of those issues that he has? Um, I'll start with David. Sorry, I was uh, uh, out a bit. I'm sorry. What 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 what, uh, uh, what did you ask? How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Uh, uh, yeah, Joey, <laughs> go for it. Hit, oh, uh, I was just gonna repeat the question. Oh, go for it. Go for that too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, areas that uh, Oda can improve upon or uh, and whether or not he seems to be 
uh, working towards improvement or uh, sort of settled into the way that he works. Joey gets an um, A. David, you get a C. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do you want to take that, David? Yeah, actually, I don't want to be the I'll, first one. To I'll take it as the <laughs> Okay, who yeah, wants feel... to take it? Who wants to take it? Uh, you yeah, know his women are not that great. Oh, yeah, um, do it. Go for which it. is, honestly, the, the worst part about it is that he completely has the capacity to draw different types of, like, women and body types and sizes and all that. He just, he it's a choice not to. Um, and, mm-hmm. like, the earliest... Uh, like muscular woman we see is Miss Monday and we almost never see that body type again. And it's it sucks because he draws her again later on and she still looks really good in his style. And it's like, I really want to see more characters that look like her or uh, like the fat characters on Amazon Lily, like all of those different characters. Um, Hancock's sisters, they have such unique designs in like the, the, the female body types in One Piece, but they're almost never utilized. And it's like, it's frustrating to... Because you know he can do it. He just doesn't want to. Yeah, and outside of the, like, social implications of it, it's just frustrating as a, like, mm-hmm. readability issue. Because, like, <clears throat> Oda's so, like, I think, at least, you know, I, I don't want to speak for him, but in my eyes, it seems that he's so detail-focused and oriented that sometimes he's just kind of like, well, if I put thicker eyebrow- eyelashes on this character or eyelashes on the bottom but not the top... Uh, people will be able to like tell that they're a different person and it's just kind of like the... if i make the eyes droopy mm-hmm. right and and that's a the a silhouette problem like what um um brian was talking about earlier like the way that comics work is they work a lot with your peripheral vision um it's kind of like reading subtitles or something where like you're kind of reading and looking at the pictures at the same time and um you know and so if something doesn't immediately jump out to you uh, out of the corner of your eye as a different character, it doesn't quite read as well and it gets a little clunky. And so if you see Nami or Robin and it's actually a different character, um, that will like clunk up the experience a little bit, you know? I remember when Cavendish first showed up and people thought he was Nami. <laughs> oh my. There, there was a <laughs> yeah, lot that of that. That was a whole thing. Yeah, that one's... <laughs> uh, that... I think he'd be complimented this... by that. Steve, what were you going to say? I mean, to me, and this is probably not for other people, I think this is a very complicated subject because, well, the most obvious answer is usually the right one. And and yeah, it's, I, does he draw like the same kind of women? Of course he does. Uh, I think there was a test that went on, went out years ago on, maybe it was on Tumblr or Twitter, but it was just all the, the female characters' eyes and was guess who the female character is just by their eyes. Mm-hmm. I never really went through it all the way, but it is freaking hard. Um, to yes, be honest, I think I think in terms of female characters, that's the one thing there's... that he does vary. Yes, yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's it. It it's just interesting looking through the magazine, and I and I could tell you how uh, you know for sure. Like Robin and Nami have uh, different eye shapes. It, it's way more apparent in the anime than it is in the manga. Um, or maybe not, but like that there, there are a lot more subtleties than I realized just saying like, oh, like, yeah, like Robin doesn't have eyelashes, well, despite this drawing of Robin having eyelashes. I'm going to throw but this even out the between window. Robin, but even between Robin and Nami, it's also dress. Like even from silhouette, when Robin used to have her cowboy hat, you knew who Robin was mm-hmm. and she's also slightly taller. So he, he does like 
mild little things, but it's not enough. I mean, even their their eyes, not like the eye shape, like the, the actual eyes are different. Like, uh, like Robin is like one of the only mm-hmm. characters in the series with like a double circle in the eye. And not many other characters, think, like, that, especially not many women. The only other one I think is her mom. But she's like, she she's one of the few to have that. And uh, real quick, Kuina, or not Kuina, uh, Toshiki <laughs> is one of the few female characters. Well, yeah. Mm. Um, to have actually a uh, slight hook nose. It's very, very, very hard to notice. But in all the panels where she's uh, shown from the side, she has a slight uh, mm. hook to her nose. Suru. Suru. Uh, Suru, yeah. yeah. Well, old ladies, that's like a, a totally different wheelhouse. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he, yeah, I think he does God, really this well. This is me. The old women too, because I'm thinking of Suru this, and uh, it's yeah, specifically yeah. like quote unquote attractive. Like it's it's yes, when he yeah. wants to portray an attractive woman, he has a very distinct, special uh, idea of what that should look like. And you know, mm-hmm. an artist's style right. is kind of defined by their limitations as well as what they excel at. Yes. Um, so to some extent. I kind of accept it as a weird quirk of his, but I think it is totally valid to be like, um, yeah, I, I have an issue with this, you know? Um, I, absolutely. Oh, Steve, you were mm-hmm. here's no, not, it, This is where I play devil's advocate. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I will yes. say like, well, here's uh, uh, wait, wait, not, Steve, then David. Okay. Uh, this is where I play devil's advocate here. And I don't want to completely like, ex- I'm not trying to completely excuse Oda and write him off here, but this is a trend that, is a problem in practically every animated series I've yeah. ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, and, and and like, let's thank you. Just in the scope you, of just in the yeah. scope of like manga alone, female characters tend to have the same base, and there's there's varieties. Oh, I think there's other well, artists out I, there that do a better dude, job yeah. of differentiating. Fucking, fucking Taite Kubo and Bleach. Mm-hmm. He does. There's not yeah. a single Jesus. elderly woman in the entire yeah. series, and the second like, he has a woman who's heavy set, he makes her. He makes her skinny. Yeah. Or even young, he makes um, her like even like even <laughs> even outside of uh, manga, Bruce Tim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of eventually th- there's a character stamp. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's just. I think it's a problem yeah. that's just in a lot of comics and animation. I like. I think I was, even like Toriyama has a little bit like, of those. Every three D animation, like every single, like the only way people <laughs> seem to know how to exaggerate no. women is to just make a more intense hourglass. It's just like, well, give her bigger <laughs> breasts and bigger hips, and that's yeah. there you go. No, yeah. no, it's, it's the bigger, it's the bigger ass. They always make them a bigger <laughs> ass. Yeah, like how there's that meme that's been going that's around about how uh, Pixar was like, yeah, how about we make every mom have a like, <laughs> dump truck ass. <laughs> It's because of Mrs. Incredible. Yeah. The yeah. the the one way I just want just the way I want to bring it back to Oda is I think he's just under fire because we know Oda is just exaggerating his character designs and his exaggerations for his female designs are completely a total but, male gaze. But thing. but we also know this because we know he's capable of better. Like look at Baroque works. Like yeah. within the first two hundred arcs of the series, it has the most diverse female yeah. cast in it. Mm-hmm. And not just even body shape. Uh look at Miss Doublefinger. Like I used to, one of my exes looks just like when she's dressed up as Paula. Like curly hair, full mm-hmm. lips, like exaggerated eyes, but still has that like hourglass mm-hmm. figure, but you won't mistake her face from another 
quote unquote pretty woman mm-hmm. face in one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Like you can go through all the side, like the side and background characters. Like Amazon Lily was mm-hmm. brought up, uh, Suru was brought up, but Suru's badass old biddies. Um, yeah. Those they they all like have this very distinct design to them that uh, that Oda could just bring to the forefront for like a main uh, female character. Uh, luckily, Hon- honestly, if if Jimbei was a woman, I would love Jimbei so much more. <laughs> like Auntie Jimbei, <laughs> like a big round, like fish, Yo, fish Auntie. Jinbei is yeah, a woman. I, I, like Oda is like I, I give him credit because he has the capacity to draw these women, and he does actually include them in his series. It's just frustrating when he has this ability and he doesn't utilize it as much. And there was like a an SBS recently where he was like. Uh, Someone asked, "How do you draw a woman?" Oh, you, know, you just draw like two circles and an, an X, and then there you go. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, that was an SPS during yeah, dress rosa. Which is like, yeah. uh, yeah. Oda, it's please. a bad SPS answer during but, dress rosa yeah. too. And I, I do go ahead, yeah, go ahead, sigh. Uh, I do have something positive, um, sort of relating to this. Um, his representation of trans people is a lot better than it used to be. With the characters like Okiku. Uh, yeah, as long as that pans out. <laughs> yeah, we've crossed. Yeah, we talked. We talked about that a couple of fight together's ago for sure. And now with the yeah, uh, just, the introduction. Just, just to like bring it bring it up because like the way he yeah. draws them has is much kinder now. Um, Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, that 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 SBX <laughs> uh, the SBS is uh is a problem because it it really like uh like. Yeah, it's very frustrating uh, because it, it makes it seem like this is all that Oda thinks women are, right? But, mm-hmm. like, from right. another perspective, like, I, I think that it's uh, very cool to hear cartoonists kind of break down uh, simplifying shapes and things like that. Uh, there's another SPS well, where he talks well, about how to draw he... a rose where he just talks about, like, just draw a triangle and another triangle and another triangle and then yeah, you've got a rose. That's how I draw my roses. It's really now. neat. But, uh, but I, I also, just think that that really wasn't. But the I also right want to mention that to take he, uh, with that because he was kind of writing off someone who was complaining about this issue right, in the right. series, which is like, okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah, it was. He was like, uh, it'll make all your female fan base mad, and it, it was kind of joking about yeah. it. And it's like I the the bodies in one piece don't bug me as much as most others mostly because the the style is so cartoony like a lot of men have mm-hmm. just like gigantic block bodies and then tiny little legs so i love those then too. again <laughs> then again every man mm-hmm. in one piece has a six all of them even yeah. ones that probably shouldn't this is actually not it no stop making that the game. standard i want to be in one piece so i can have a fucking <laughs> yeah. dude even yama from skypea the big fat guy yeah, had a six pack. This, this is kind of what I this is what I wanted to get into is that um, so I think that it is over time like like as we're talking about things that have gotten worse over time. Uh, Oda's drawing of women has gotten worse over time. Like Nami and Robin and all of all other uh, uh, mainline women uh, have the same hourglass body type now. I think that it's mm-hmm. also long hair that, like it's not as problematic, but it is also happening to all the men like all of the men are super fucking ripped now. And like if you actually like nine out of ten even guys Luffy. have the exact same body type in uh, uh, in one piece. Yeah, like, I'm no, just like, like when ripped. when Sanji shows up in Wano and he's just like super, super. Where are you jacked, hiding these muscles? You're like what? <laughs> yeah, like uh, Katakuri and is he's like, just Zoro. I don't eat carbs. I just serve them. 
Yeah, and it's like, and it's like nothing correlates because it's like you're like, okay, Sanji should have like jacked legs and like a jacked ass, mm-hmm. but instead he's just like six packs. And, and I, I, I think that that relates to something he said. I think it was back during uh, not Water Seven, maybe um, Skypea, where he says he does intentionally change up the style of each arc just so he doesn't get bored. And maybe this this season, it's just really jacked men. Because if you notice, e- each uh, arc has like slight differences to the yeah. style. You know, um, yeah, the uh, the the <laughs> so when time skip uh, came into play, it introduced two uh, two characters that I think uh, like two actual fat characters <laughs> with an actual gut, and that's Damaro Black, aka Fake Luffy, and. Um, and uh, Hody Jones, who I don't think gets a six pack until he eats the energy. Steroids. No, wait, doesn't doesn't uh, Fake Nami <laughs> also have the gut? Oh yeah, she has a yeah. little pooch. Yeah. What was her name? Chocolate. And she's got a really fun head shape yeah. too. Like. Then I changed my argument. Robin. Yeah. Then I changed my argument. Why did Young Zoro have sideburns? It took me years, <laughs> years to grow those in. <laughs> because how else would you recognize it's Zoro? He looks so he generic without the sideburns in some shots. Like Zoro for the last time shaved those sideburns. <laughs> one uh, one thing I do want to talk about real quick, and like this, uh, uh, the, the the arc of this conversation will probably be uh, you guys citing uh, clear evidence against me and me shutting the hell up, but. Um, Cool. One thing I do think is very interesting about the way that Oda depicts women is that for a guy who draws real big boobs and real big butts and for a guy who has a lot of horny characters in his comic, the actual... okay, Big, big hips, hips, not yeah. big butts. Uh, uh, for, yeah. For, yeah. Uh, for that potent mix of problematic things, the actual, vi- the actual visual storytelling rarely reduces the women to like component parts in a way that is very common with other anime i feel like there's very rarely a shot of just nami's tits like there's very very rarely compare that to fairy tale where like every arc lucy's like held up and like in a dungeon with like basically about to get raped yeah, that's, oh, that's a my few, shirt um, fell off. Like, it, it's to piggyback off of that too. It's it's very nice to have a main cast of characters with male and female characters, and the the female characters are not the love interest to the male characters. Like that happens in so many series, yeah. and it just it usually just like downgrades the female characters into just the love interests, and it takes away like a lot of like their character to sacrifice for that, and. No, Nami, she's never been interested in men. If any, she just like uses her body to to mess with them, and she's honestly like, given the evidence we've seen in the series, she might actually be a lesbian because the only time she's shown interest is with mm-hmm. women. And then Robin just she's only seemed to flirt with Frankie and maybe Jimbei lately. Like, and it's it's because they're the only because they're monster men. She likes monsters. She, she's yeah. a monster. She does like monsters. Yeah, she's a monster. That's person. fine. But <laughs> it's like it's very nice that it's it's so subtle that we have to even guess if that's like flirting or not. Instead of you know, oh Doki Doki, my heart, what are these feelings? Sort of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking of the other two yeah. big series that were with One Piece, and that's Bleach and Naruto, and both of them had, you know you know, major female characters that were also the love interests of the male characters. The major female yeah. character. And yeah. I, 
I, I, and I, I don't want to dunk on it because it's still an ongoing series, but who boy, uh, dude, is Uraka from My yeah. Hero just like just totally utterly less interesting now now that she's one, just like admiring Deku one thing i far. did enjoy about that is that she was like oh i'm gonna lock these feelings away and focus on actually being a hero in one of the chapters but it, it's still very obvious that she's the the love interest character and that's still a big part of the yeah. character like it, it's very frustrating um Basically, he does when he when he creates female characters, he's thinking of them as the extreme archetypes of what they represent. So Boa Hancock being the most beautiful woman in the world, literally when she says that, she says, I can get away with murder because you're just going to be stunned by me. And Oda does the same thing with masculine characters. It's like characters like super masculine. Like, I guess I pull senior pink from this. He's using all the worst aspects of their archetype and throws them in your face. So if someone's like super buff or like super charismatic, uh, Cavendish mm -hmm. is another example. Completely vain, Bartolomeo. completely over the top. All he thinks about is popularity. <laughs> yeah, Bartolomeo, super fanboy. Everything's an extreme. So when he does that also with his designs, he's thinking like, okay, Kuma is a big, intimidating figure. How do I convey that? Uh, Doflamingo's a lanky, creepy, constantly smiling jerk with like, Bingdily, like hands and legs because he's got mm -hmm. string powers so like everything about the design also informs everything we should know i mean about how else character. would you know that maria sits on his ass all day you want to talk about dump truck butts <laughs> it's so um, funny that the, uh, one one that thing one panel of oh, go ahead, and uh, maria standing right next to each other that's always really funny to me because one is really top heavy and one's really bottom heavy and they look like a yin and yang one's, one's a cool cartooning <laughs> like is an art of simplification um aspects and it's just really murky waters once you start bringing that kind of thinking into any sort of marginalized uh you know yeah. person and so if with women yeah. uh it just you know if you're just working on this kind of pure cartoon logic um you know you get into some real bad stuff and and oda you know, for all of his good qualities, uh, one of those good qualities that I keep kind of harping on is that he really goes for it. You know, he really pushes things, but it, sometimes it, I think it works against him. Yeah. And. Well, I think I think it works against these social implications that we have mm -hmm. to work with. Like uh, another thing I was mentioning earlier in the topic mm -hmm. is also mm -hmm. skin tone. Uh, when you look when you're watching the, the series in black and white, you can assume the characters have tans. Some characters can have darker skin, some characters can be paler. But when Oda does the volume covers, I, I use the most recent one as an example with Odin and the rest. I'm like, you, everyone has the exact yeah. same skin tone. These he are has... supposed to be like a global, diverse set of pirates from all mm -hmm. over the world who spend most of the time in the sun, and everyone has the exact same He has one prisma color. Copic, Copic, I'm sorry. One there Copic is one marker. character in the there entire is. series yeah, with darker color skin, sorry. and that is Miss Monday. Go for it, Sai. She's the only character in the entire series. Right, according to Odin, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would, I would, I mean, I, I would add probably Mr. Five he, to that, He's too. on the same page. Um, yeah. No, he's he's the he's yeah. the same he's the same skin tone. the The other trick I notice is if a character has more wrinkles or muscles, you ho because he has to do more lighting and shading to convey the size of the those those forms, then they'll seem like they'll have a different skin tone. But the base color mm -hmm. is all the same. And yeah. coming from a family where like I have like just my family alone, 
I, I can point to like several different sh- shades of skin tone. So I'm like, and, and like for that, I'm like, that might just be a, a an, an instance where uh, Japan has a very homogenized society. Mm-hmm. So if he's not thinking about how di- within a family. Now, here's the other thing. He knows that because with the Fishman arc, he demonstrated how like, hey, I can be like a merman and that person can be an octopus and we can be the same family. It's no different. He's using that, those characters to um, convey that information, but he's not thinking about with his human characters. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I just find that somewhat disappointing. But like, it's not my mm-hmm. story, so I can only say, "Hey, I wish he did better there." But I, like, you know, he's kind of. I, I think the reason he does it. that is because he it coloring different skin tones um, takes more time to figure out the logistics of. So it's just easier to you know, get shit out when you just use the same uh, coloring type, you know, on everything, which is frustrating. Uh, oh, for sure. sure. But and, I, and, and I guess the same reason he's thinking, it's yeah. The... Because he's also saying, like, eh, I want to draw a pretty lady, and he draws the same Well, that and he, and he did say that <laughs> like... he wants to, like, he wants to rush things out, rush things out more and more as content, and it makes it easier to do that. But it's just, he can do it. It just doesn't. I... I will say this, like, I think the biggest crime I, in, in terms of just skin color and all that, uh, Nefertari Vivi, mm-hmm. Princess of a Desert she Kingdom, should. pastiest yep. bitch out she there, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there. I'm sorry. It's true. Yeah, like, here's the thing, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make Vivi, uh, such a, you know, pasty color, at least give her freckles or something to accentuate that, like, I, I have this, uh, you know, this brings this a little bit this topic a little bit to real world religion but i have such a huge fucking problem with uh depictions of jesus christ being blonde haired and blue eyed mm. when he if you know if jesus was a real person he was probably black um or at the very least uh much yeah, darker skin. Very dark yeah skin. Darker, darker skin tone dark i i, I want to have a petition i want to petition <laughs> I want to petition all depictions of the Christ figure as Arian um, with uh, extreme sunburn on yeah. the cross. But, we, but also, there's a historical reason why we have that depiction of Jesus Oh, Christ. yes, of and course. it has to do with colonialism and, you know, anti-blackness and anti-everything yeah. else <laughs> The historical Enaru was brown. I, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look like Eminem at all. Yeah. But... But also, just to also, I, I think we mentioned this a little while ago, but the, the best thing he has going for it uh, is the fact that he does do mm-hmm. a variety mm-hmm. of yeah. facial features. Like, yeah. I'm happy, like, we saw past full loops, and I'm happy other characters do in the series. L- looking at the three admirals, mm-hmm. who are yeah, based they, on real they're people. based on real people, but they look like completely different nationali- nationalities and uh, races. Like, Kizuru absolutely looks Italian. Um, Aokiji absolutely looks um, oh. black. They're, the people they're based off of isn't. Mm-hmm. But... So there's a yeah. So I mean, obviously there's a reason. I, I think there's also a subconscious re- reason that uh, 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 that uh, Kizaru um, seems Italian, and the name Borsellino is probably a good uh, uh, you know enters your subconscious, right? Like to me, they look they're, they're... to me they look very Japanese, but that's no I mean, yeah, well, I, I, but I, for a long actual, time before you know. I. I yeah, before I realized that, um, uh, Joe, help me out here. Uh, Aokiji's Yusuke uh, Matsuda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Before I knew who that was, I assumed that Aokiji, uh, due to just his his hair and facial features, was, uh, you know, uh, was black. Mm-hmm. Like, 
For me, I think it's because I think yeah, I saw too. I think I saw like Toy's version of him mm. first, and you know his and his I think his features were a little bit more exaggerated. I, so I'm like, oh yeah. I think, but I also think it's common when you see like characters in One Piece, even if we don't know who Oda is specifically referencing, we kind of draw our own references on people. Mm. Like I remember I mentioned that I think. Uh, Hattie from Sanji's restaurant always reminded me of Sinbad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Wasn't, he, yes. wasn't he based on Sinbad? Yeah. I yeah. thought he was. I think, or, he, I think that was mentioned somewhere. I don't know. No. no. We jumped to that conclusion, and oh, okay. I think uh, Sinbad but, on Twitter was like, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you okay, treat that it that White me. people be but acting like, like zombies smoothie. at the Baratier. <laughs> yeah, but even like Smoothie from uh, uh, Big Mom's crew reminds mm. me of like Beyonce. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I like that. I think she actually. Oh, my God. She actually has a different skin color for once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, does have a different skin. I, but I think that's also not not in the manga, just in the in the anime. The anime. Oh, it different. was. Yeah. The anime does a better job at that because, like, Robin's a really good Which, example. Well, they they, they used, used to. to. Well, they used, yeah, yeah, yeah. used to. I'll this, step back because uh, early on in the series, they would just go ham with all the colors and skin tones and whatever. But uh, after the time skip, mm-hmm. they decided, hey, we should go back to we should uh, represent Oda's art style, his color spreads more in the anime. Except all oh. they did was make everyone white. They didn't change the things that actually like mattered in yeah, terms of I, character design. <laughs> Just the skin color, and it's stupid. I, I think that's that really. I think they they started with that with Strong World. They got a taste of that because mm-hmm. everyone's pretty yeah. pasty in that movie. Of course, they they um, also whitewashed Mary way back when, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The going Mary was supposed to just be a brown. Yeah, I think that got, so uh, in one of mm-hmm. Oda's recent color spreads, she was actually white, um, which it was, mm-hmm. which is bizarre uh, to see because he never did that before. Did um, Law have? Oh, I, oh, I, I will say. Um... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. One of the things that really bugs me about the the anime deciding, hey, we're gonna fix all of the colors that we messed up on um, after the time skip, is that. Uh, Law's hair and eye color in the manga is blue, and he has gold eyes. And I think that's a way better color scheme than what we have in the anime, which is really just just black and gray. And that's like that's boring. No, no, give mm-hmm. us the more interesting colors. Yeah, they stuck with that. I think that's it's it was too, maybe it's just too much of a change. I, you know, that's like that's such I a guess. big leap. And it's too long. It's it's been too long. Yeah, it's been in the series too long uh, for that to change. I, I I will. I I this was talking before just about race and just different skin color. I don't know. I so, something I thought. I don't know. Brian, help me out here. Uh, was I the only one that was miffed that Brooke wasn't black? Mm. Yeah. Yes, I was absolutely sad. I still I he, still count. He him definitely as one looks black. Like, <laughs> just in the black and white setting of the comic, he looks black. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the anime should have taken that opportunity yeah. to give him like. Dark if I had to guess, I would guess that Oda is intentionally not giving people different skin tones to try to avoid uh like the the issues that come up with depicting different races. But then what you end up doing is sure. that sort of like white is the default uh, mentality, which is also yeah. not cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I, honestly, I, 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 from Oda's eyes, everyone might as well just yeah, be Japanese. Not- mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think that's what he is like, doing. Like yeah. when I when I see human Brooke, I see Donkey from Twentieth Century mm. Boys. Like that's <laughs> Oh wow. Yeah. See he he, he reminds yeah. me a little mm. bit of Michael Jackson. A little bit. Well, yeah. Oh sure, even, then even down John face. Yeah. And then, you know, Thriller Bark <laughs> is Thriller Bark is the, the arc he's you know, shown in thriller. Yeah. But you also consider like popular musicians, usually often coming from America as well, slash mm. Michael Jackson. Yeah. That's all fair. 
Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it like a lot in a a lot of like uh, amazing uh, music originated from black artists too, like the, the mm-hmm. genres, yeah, rock yeah. and all that. Yep. And I think uh, um, Oda cited um, one of his. It, well, one of his favorite uh, records to listen to in one of the My Piece magazines, something by Brooke uh, Benton, I think, who I believe is a African American blues musician. Yeah, and it's uh, uh-huh. uh, boy, there's uh, this is getting away from actual art critique, but I feel like there was a missed opportunity by the uh, uh, by the American dub to kind of push those things. Like, I think Ian Sinclair is a really good voice for Brooke, but also like. You could have had a black a- a- actor for Brooke, and that would have colored him in a certain way. Uh, like, pardon the term, but like, you know, uh, uh, or like, because like, <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking about like how, because like uh, all the Cowboy Bebop uh, music just went on Spotify. I think and, who's on? Um, did, wasn't like, Kuzan's yeah. actor? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Uh, his, yeah, he his, is. His, his, no, no, he's not. No. He sounds. Like, <laughs> he, he, he uh, oh, really? His, he, yeah, he yeah. sounds very black. His, I, mean, I thought he was. His unlimited adventure voice actor was. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, oh, but like, uh, like, uh, so in Cowboy Bebop, like, Jet Black, in my mind, he's Jet black. black. He's yep. not. I mean, like, his last yep. name's Black, but, like, Absolutely. he's not. But Bo Billingsley voice, plus, like, kind of, like, as an American, <laughs> uh, like, the story of, like, a guy who was a cop and then he, like, kind of like, got burned by the system. Like, I could, like, that kind of fits into, like, some, like, the character feels black to me in a way that he actually is not. And a lot of that is a dub. And so that's why in the yeah, live action he, version, he's black now. He, like he's yeah. He's, he's our Panther yeah. in a way. <laughs> <laughs> God, like yeah. Piccolo from Dragon Ball is in like, yeah. This Piccolo, yeah. Too. Um, so like, and I'm not, I'm not even being Mimi. Like that's something like a, 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 a childhood friend of mine. Like we kind of always kind of thought, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's there. Oh, ra- random, but uh, with Brooke, uh, wasn't he like Austrian in the uh, nationalities that, that the characters are given? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Austrian, I think, yeah. yeah and, uh, Which also he could st- he can but, be black Maddie. Austrian. It's no, but no, but that's what I mean. Weren't a lot of like famous musicians yeah. from Austria like black? Oh, I don't know. Really. So whenever this gets brought up on the podcast, Stephen is always the first one, of course, to bring up that it wasn't meant, you know. In literally, that these, right? That, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not meant literally that these. No. Yeah, they're just, this is just the nationality that they're supposed to sort of right. embody. It's because I think it uses like their their image country or something, and uh, I think it's maybe a concept that's not as common in our, you know, in the West. Yeah. So. Well, like, well, well, but like he is clearly thinking. When he was designing the characters, he was thinking about these things in mind. Like, uh, Usopp being named Usopp, obviously Uso means liar, but like Aesop from Aesop's Fables, which is a black, uh, African-centric uh, fable. Uh, yeah, it is called. It is cool. Um, yeah. At Universal Studios, they'll have black people play Usopp sometimes. And whenever mm-hmm. I see that, I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. That's dope. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's why I enjoyed like fan art who, who they'll go out of their way to make a, a darker skinned Usopp or Robin sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like dark, uh, darker skinned Usopp, uh, Robin, and even like Laws, because Law used to have a pretty darker skin tone uh, pre time skip. And mm-hmm. there's like a lot of people with them. I, I for, forget what the skin condition is called, but the, the white patches. Uh, Vitiligo. Vitiligo. Yes, that. Vitiligo, yeah. And a lot of people like look at that in Law and like add that to his design. Uh, and, and, 
you know, because mm. of what he went through. And it's like, it's a little yeah. bit of representation that you don't often see in media, but like you can, you can get that in law in a way. I could see that. Uh, there's one thing about Blackbeard that I think is very interesting is Blackbeard has a very dark complexion regardless. And I think it's because he's supposed to be like the model pirate. Yeah. You know, he's got that like uh, that, you know, he's he's been darkened by the sea, he's tanned by the sun. He's, you know, the the classic Caribbean pirate. And um, that's yeah, that's something I've I've I mean, just Blackbeard yeah. in general as as a as a character archetype. Um He's one of my favorites in the series. Oh yeah, yeah. him in the in the whole crew. It, it's interesting because he's one of the few that didn't get uh, like lightened post time skip because he he's got the same skin tone as everyone else in the manga. But I don't know th- that version yeah. of him on the cover of what ninety five. Maybe maybe he, he like? tan maybe he tanned <laughs> a lot as he got older, <laughs> Brian. Isn't he like? Isn't there That's like a fair. gradient over him? Yeah, there's. It's a gradient <laughs> color. Yeah, that can't, you can't. You can't fault that. that. He's pink and All yellow right. and green. <laughs> Every single color no, 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 the, is featured, and he is very no, the, like very light. The pre, yeah, yeah, as an adult. No, no, he's talking. About, I think Brian's talking oh. about the one from when he's a kid on the cover of the Odin one. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh well, I th- I, well, like I said, I think that refers to the fact that Blackbeard is the model pirate who's been sailing the open seas, you know, with the sun at his back, and he's, you know, people tan differently, and yeah. right. My mom, for example, tans the darkest I've ever seen a white person. Yeah, tan. like I, I think yeah. I, I may have told you guys the story before, but I used to think my grandfather was black growing up. Like I always thought he was, and he was not. Um, but I looked. I've been. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know it sucks. Um, the the I look back in the genealogy, and his original skin tone. It was I didn't even know what the word meant. Sallow, meaning like extremely pale. So obviously, as he got, it, mm. so I guess he had the Blackbeard effect, if that's what we're uh, following there, because um, he, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, some some white folks mm. just tan really well, and some just burn. I uh I have a weird mix where yeah. uh the core of my body has my mom's Irish complexion, and I it'll, it'll just burn uh, uh the moment a, a stray beam of sun hits it like a vampire. But I've got my dad's uh, uh arms, and so they tan. <laughs> beautifully to like a a, 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 a a light ochre like it's the weirdest darn thing uh what a weird yeah this, this took a weird turn uh, <laughs> that was my fault i'm sorry i mean sorry, go ahead. i mean some people use that as an excuse for why robin suddenly got really lighter because she was suddenly like not in the no, sun for that's a long time <laughs> I hate those stupid theories. It's like, well, uh, let's just make up some bullshit that didn't happen on screen so we could feel better about it. It's like, no. Yeah, that, yeah That's I, why I, people will excuse that. Rise of Skywalker. So. Dude, <laughs> you really are trying to get us off. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not justifying it. I'm saying I have seen that explanation. Hmm. <laughs> and I don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's me in flat earth. <laughs> it's it's really dumb. Um okay. Uh, uh do we have any <laughs> other topics we want to cover that we haven't already? Uh, Are we done? <laughs> actually, I think one that's interesting is how uh, Odo uses color. Besides on people like, early yeah. on No, 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 not not yeah. just skin color. But uh, I mean like early on he used to be like really afraid to like go crazy and now he's just it's it's a, like a barfing rainbow. 
He does do uh, that. Yeah, there was that interview about the design uh, that uh, the One Piece podcast recently did that. Um, th- th- Steven translated the, the interview about the graphic design of the um, Tonka Bone. And he specifically is saying like that he's trying to get, uh, you know, color combinations that have never been on any of the previous volumes, more or less like anywhere else. He's, I think, didn't he say like, show me color combinations I've never seen before or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, he's trying that, to, that goes back to what I was saying. He doesn't like, yeah, to do exactly. The and as the series goes mm-hmm. on, he just has to kind of push it further and further. Well, because um, he's done it 96 times. Like, yeah, he's exactly. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A- and even more so for the color spreads, right? So, yeah. yeah. Although, at the same time, so as we're recording, the most recent color spread was the, um, was the, it was the a DJ, very simple one. The parrots. Yeah, with the parrots and Law and oh, Kid. No. <laughs> Not the DJ. The, the DJ one was, the was crazy. Um, in a good way, but like it was the, a lot was going on. But the the ones with the parrots, I'd say, is a pretty minimalistic one for Oda, especially recently. Mm-hmm. So he at least seems to still have the yeah. ability to do something somewhat. That was surprising camping. to me for an anniversary chapter to like go so simple. Um, I thought that was interest an interesting yeah. choice. Well, maybe it was and the same to thing. Highlight those three I mean, characters. It was a, it. Was... It's only the twenty third anniversary. <laughs> that's, that's to be fair, he's right. Yeah. Twenty three doesn't that's really true. matter. The twenty. But the no, 25th, what I was just going to say is but, um, that the, that's true. The, no, the but maybe s- he's. Oh, I was sorry. I, I'll, I'll finish up quick. Uh, maybe it was just that he w- wanted to make that big impact in the same way that you think of like Pearl uh, showing up <laughs> in that full full page, making a big impact. Like maybe when there's less going on, he's trying to make more of a statement. There's less going on here. Mm-hmm. Side, what were you going to say? Uh, kind of relating to that, the, the one color spread that always sticks out to me is the one that's basically white and black with the red popping out on the, the coats on everyone. And it pops out because there's so little color in, in that, that spread. The, with the, the one bears, with the big bear? Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. It's one of my... So does all of Japan. Yeah, it, it's one of my favorites, but it's like it stands out because there is so little color compared to all of his other works. It's mm-hmm. like a less is more situation. Do- yeah, that was everywhere. Do you folks... Yeah, I was thinking about that one, too. You folks remember when it was uh, Naruto's 10th anniversary and kind of like the custom is like a bunch of manga creators like draw something for uh, to celebrate of like that, the yeah. uh, character from that series because they did it for... They've done it for One Piece before. Yeah. Uh, and, Oda did Rock Lee, if I remember. Uh, he did that one year, but I think the first time he did it, it was... Um, it was a crazy, like, dry brush Naruto. Yeah, and I think everyone was like, I can't wait to see what Oda did. What is this? <laughs> and I think even that was my reaction at first. And I think that was, I think that was Oda clearly like, I never get to do anything like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to draw that that ninja he, dude in this style. He got a chance to try out his uh, Japanese brush stroke style yeah. uh, for the first time. And he went apeshit with it. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite, th- I mean, Joey, you brought it up uh, that, you know, he just always goes for it. And I don't remember who, Joey, it might have actually been you who commented on the DJ spread that it didn't quite work for you. Uh, Steven was saying that, but I agree. Uh, I think the oranges oh. are muddy. So there, I put my fist down. <laughs> yeah. So so the fun thing about that is uh, that Oda has this confidence in him as an artist. And I, I speak, for, I don't want to speak for everybody, but... Uh, confidence and being an artist uh, sort of don't 
don't uh, exist you know, very well. Yeah, they do. You know, that's the crux of being an artist. You know, you're you're never fully happy with what you've done. And Oda does this thing where he just, yeah, he he like Joey says, goes for it and uh, releases into the wild. Hey, here's something I experimented on. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not look good, but uh, here it is anyway. I'm trying stuff out. Um, that is that it's incredibly ballsy for an artist to do. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, while I uh, while I can be sort of snarky about uh, about the colors or whatever, I I it's another thing of me saying like I didn't personally love that one, but I thought it was awesome. Like I thought it was so cool that he was like pushing himself and trying different things, and it was a one piece color spread like you've never seen before. Um, and yeah, yeah. And because you know, like when you do so much work, not everything we do is going to be one hundred percent perfect. Yeah, it's like sometimes you just gotta let some things go. It's like, all right, I did the best I could. With Oda, that is that is the art business. It's you don't. Mm-hmm. We're not always blessed with the time to make things perfect. Exactly. It's like we have deadlines to meet. Things have to get out. It's um, and it's <laughs> and even if you have plenty of time to work on something, as soon as you get it out there. You're constantly evolving as an artist. I don't know. Maybe this is just me here. I could finish like an illustration, drawing, whatever, and put it out there. And I'm immediately thinking of 10 oh, things yeah. I would do differently. Yeah, it's it's, just... it's like immediately the second you post it, you see like 18 different mistakes that you made and you want to fix them. Don't it's, worry, um, people like me, the, the, <laughs> sort of not talented, this. don't see it. Sorry, go ahead. So, uh, sort of relating to this is I think Odo once said that um, he will take things his editors say into account, but he will never like directly copy one of their ideas into his work because he wants it to be like 100% his work, uh, the the good and the bad, and I, I really respect him for that. Even if like some of them isn't that great and should probably re- be rethought, but on the other hand, he's like one guy doing this entire thing, and I d- I did want to talk about that, but we have to do that later. Like actual bad One Piece designs, not just designs like, oh, I don't like the way he interprets these characters, but like designs that just mm. don't work for his execution. Yeah, I feel like we're going to need a sequel a to this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's for later. Yeah. Um, but this this was a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm glad we got to kind of really do a deep dive, not just into into Oda, but also into all of all of you and and what make you all tick because you're all extremely talented artists and you're going to have to take that compliment because I'm not going to give you the opportunity not to. Um, so okay. <laughs> taking it. Um, so let's go around the room uh, and uh, could, could uh, yeah. when we go around, could we just say like one design we really like or like, uh, okay. uh, like anything oh, like, yeah. like freaking anything like a boat or a place or a character, but just like, yeah, something that, that like yeah. you really vibe on. Yeah. That's a good I'm idea. I'm going to start with Brian. Uh, so your your name, where people could find you, where people could find your work, and one design, as David said. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter after that car drives by. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dark King Zoro, all one word. Uh, a series I just was a storyboard supervisor on, Tig and Seek, is premiering on HBO Max right now. Uh, check out my work on Teen Titans Go, Rick and Morty, and on DeviantArt, Banendorf, where I haven't posted anything in like eight years. Are you posting that? Are you uh, posting that Jimbei uh, one well, soon? Or I 
I need to find all my Jimbei quotes because what I do with that series, I also find all my favorite quotes from the uh, character to put it up with there. So I'm still collecting Jimbei's quotes. Well, get those quotes uh, and get those say? printed already. I also I also made a, a, a version with all the characters, Ooh. so that's also coming. Yes. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, check out Animation Success Stories podcast. That's the ASS mm-hmm. podcast where we interview uh, animation professionals and ask them how they got into the industry. Mm-hmm. And I'd say my favorite design in one piece alex already said gang i won't do that again uh god god i need a really good design i love kuma skinny legs and all i just everything about him is my favorite just a question brian do that creamsicle kuma or black kuma black kuma what are you what are we talking about or technically i (laughs) think the manga i think oda went with navy blue so he he was yeah, yeah, just the darker color yeah. aspect. Yeah, that was one. such a weird color choice. Yeah. I liked it though. I don't know. I'm, it's on my wall right now. I'm staring at it. It's just so orange. <laughs> there, there's a reason there are a million copies of him running around the world. Um, thank you, Brian. Um, Alex, where could people find you? Uh, of course. Oh man. Uh, so find me on Twitter at dude exclamation. Uh, all one word. Um, you can. I mean, I will. I've been exclusively posting my illustrations and stuff there uh, just because my website is for graphic design purposes only. It's my graphic design portfolio. But if you want to check that out, that's alexkazanas.com. I am not taking any new work. Um, uh, listen to Tohoyaro. I'll let Joey go into that. Um, check out Weeb Simpsons. It's my shitpost account on Twitter. And uh, also twitch.tv slash superartfight. Um I uh, don't know if I'm going to be on the show until like a couple days beforehand. So just keep an eye out on at Super Art Fight on Twitter. Uh, we do shows every Saturday. Every other show, it's a live art thing. And every other Saturday, it's like a Jackbox thing or like uh, last week, everybody played uh, Hadoful Boyfriend <laughs> um, <Pigeons. laughs> and streamed that. Yeah, the pigeon dating sim. And uh, yeah, um, and a design that I really, really love. Um, God. There's so many. Uh, I guess the one, uh, if I have to go for like a character design thing, um, honestly, the uh, Jesus. Okay. Um, There's so many. Jeez, um, what a what a what a great on the spot question this is. Hmm. Uh, you know what? Uh, how about? <laughs> you got to pick one out of uh, a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? This is one of the most recent ones, and um, I'm I'm always very vocal about it. But uh, I think Kid, uh, Captain Kid, his ship design is the coolest ship yes. design ever. Um, and it's not just because of the way it looks, but it's also because it's uh, the the skull of a sea king, uh, and like within the world of One Piece, uh, those are the things that I like the most. Where you take elements of the world and you incorporate them into the design like that. I think it's really boss. And um, I had never even thought of using the like skeleton of a giant fish as the basis for a ship before, and uh, and that's a fairly recent design too. And that's the thing that I love the most about Oda's stuff is that like his imagination just has uh, it's unbridled, and there's always new stuff to uh, gush over. So yeah, that's that's a really cool design that I. Like. Uh, Joey Weiser, where could people find you? I'm Joey Weiser, W E I S E R. I just want to say I feel like I may have came off uh, pretty negative in this, and I just you know I really admire Oda, and I don't 
don't think I'm better than him or anything like that. Um, I just think it's kind of interesting and fun to be critical. Um, but <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I, I just don't want folks to go to uh, these sh- social media links I, I'm about to give out and then be like, oh, okay, a sure guy. But um, yeah, I... Um, you're so good, why don't you draw <laughs> exactly. Why are you such an asshole, man? <laughs> hey, he drew a really good Kizarro in... Um, in a merman book for me mm. so oh i want to see that now that i, I want to see you do um and i I'm, i don't mean to put you on the spot you don't obviously have to do this just because i'm saying it out loud but i'd love to see you one day in the in the future do what you did with dragon ball with one piece but i know that would take a lot longer yeah, right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah if i uh oh my god time, well i don't know yeah um so you can follow me on twitter at joey weiser or joey weiser comics on instagram uh, Instagram's probably the quickest place uh, besides my website, tragic-planet.com. Uh, but as far as social media, if you want to just see my art real quick, uh, Instagram, I keep mostly professional. Twitter's kind of all over the place. Uh, you can see me talk about movies and cartoons and all sorts of things, um, as well as sharing my art. Um, and uh, please check out my graphic novel series, at uh, Merman, um, the five-volume uh, series. It's a comedic adventure story about a fish boy. And um, Ghost Hog, which is a supernatural adventure story, and uh, its sequel, Dragon Racer, coming out soon. Um, oh, yeah. And, and please listen to Toho Yaro, as Alex mentioned. That's a uh, podcast that he and I do with our friend V, uh, where we review uh, Japanese film, uh, live action film uh, from any studio, any decade. Um, pretty recently, we had uh, Zach on and we talked about shoplifters, for instance. So that's a that's a fun episode. Yeah, and you had um, David on, right? You had me. And we had David. Oh yeah, even more recently. Gosh, uh, we had uh, David on, and uh, we talked about uh, Zayram, a cool Tokusatsu sci-fi movie. Um, that uh, we talked uh, even more in depth about that than I thought uh, was possible. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are really fun episodes, and you should uh, check check them out. David Bednar, since uh, since we mentioned you. Oh wait. Uh... Did uh, uh, Joey give his... Uh, oh, yeah, Joey, favorite design. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, gosh. Uh, you know, a design that I come back to a lot that is one of my favorite designs is Magellan. Um, he's just Ooh. such a cool... Like, I love his design. First of all, he has so much, like, solid black on him that he's just, like, stands out in a really cool way and looks very solid and... Um, and yeah, solid. Um, and I also like that he has a very kind of like sad sack uh, look to him and is funny in that way, but he can be very imposing and scary. He has he gastrointestinal issues. That's how, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how that exactly. works. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm trying to just go off of design rather than like uh, <laughs> character uh, writing aspects. But like that, I always think of that um, panel where he drops down from uh, above yeah. uh, on top of uh, maybe Luffy, some character. And it's just like very, very uh, imposing and frightening. And I think that he looks cool in a cool way while while still being a fun and funny uh, character. Yeah, I think the lesson there is you should take people with gastrointestinal issues seriously. Um, or, you know, just don't eat poison. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter every hour of every day uh, <laughs> as at Ycarps, that's Y-K-A-R-P-S. Uh, it's a secret acronym, and you have to guess it, and if you do, you get a prize. Um, you can also find my art, if you want, uh, as like at the top of the show, A. David 
Bednar, B-E-D-N-A-R.com. Um, and uh, my favorite designs. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, 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 so real quick, also rans, um, uh, uh, and they're oh, viable. We weren't allowed to do also rans. I, no, there were no hard and fast rules. Um, I think that the Frankie Shogun's really cool because uh, Brachio Tank is a brilliant uh, idea. Um, I think Carrot's actually like a perfectly uh, balanced like uh, appeal character. Like 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 she's just so freaking cute. Um, and uh, I think uh, 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 I don't know um, the Foxy uh, pirates, both them and mm. their ship, have like a lot going for them. The pause is really cool, but I think I think actually I'm gonna go with Bluno. I think there is from the bar. Yeah, from <laughs> from the bar. <laughs> I think Bluno is really really cool because he's such a he. He's the opposite of what a lot of uh, One Piece designs are, which is that he is as stripped down as possible. He's got a all black suit. He's got the uh, he's got the hair. Uh, what's really cool? He's got really visually interesting powers uh, in the way that he can open up doors anywhere, uh, and also uh, he he has his face is really, really, really expressive in a, like, like he can go from being pure comedy to pure menace in a way that I think some characters can't. And I don't know, like, uh, we, like I said, uh, uh, we just watched through, uh, Eddie's lobby. And I think his dub voice is super duper duper good too, with that super low voice. Um, but like, he's just, he left a really big impression on me. I think Bluno is great. Uh, Maddie. Um, you can find me on Twitter at oh that's raspberry. I think that's all I have to promote. Um, Favorite design, yeah. <laughs> Kaku, yeah. he is um not he's adorable and he's got a rectangle nose, and he looks he like tries to be angry, but it doesn't work very well because he's so cute. And then he turns into a giraffe. It's, it's rectangular and it's like the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Um, I'm kind of biased because giraffes are my favorite animal, but he's like his design is just so ridiculous and it's so adorable and it's so much fun. When he folds into a box, that's a really really funny moment. Um, yeah, and it's also like a really it's a funny pun because in in Japanese it's well whatever I don't want to explain it, but. <laughs> Doesn't Shikaku mean corner? Yeah, well, Shikaku like is like square. Oh, cool. Um, and it has puns. His portrait of pirates uh, figure is super cool, too. All his stuff is cool. He's like the only character I buy stuff of except Sanji. Giraffes are cool. I think, to be cool. fair, I think uh, one of Oda's favorite animals seems to be a giraffe. Um, if he likes to draw the series a lot. Is- Although sometimes it's just a long horse. Uh, Steve, where can people find you? Uh, you could find me on this podcast normally. Um, like I said, I'm one of the co-hosts. But on the internet, it's I, I'm not creative. So like I use my name for everything. So it's easy to find me. Um, I do have a website, but I'm more active on Twitter. Uh, Instagram's a little bit more of a streamlined uh access to uh, the art I post if you're interested in that. In terms of other podcasts I do, I do um, an adult swim slash uh, adult cartoon theme podcast called The Deep End. Uh, I do a wrestling entrance theme podcast called Toon Sweet. 
I I am also doing a Patreon podcast uh, for One Piece podcast called Forced to Watch Four Kids. I do that with Alex here, and we're about that. <laughs> and we, <laughs> it's it's okay. We uh, and we're watching through the entire run of Four Kids version of uh, One Piece anime. I I I think like the original pre time skip Frankie is the most obvious one, but I think this is this is the time and place to explain what I like about Pearl. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'll be back in twenty. <laughs> what like uh, this character design is stupid? <laughs> He's a giant tall pancake man, and he just and he wears like two big dishes on his front and back but then also on his elbows and then also uses those as like a weapon and 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 wears a giant he's pearl also got really tiny head. arms and legs and, 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 yeah oh no he's pretty he's pretty lanky dude but he also grew up in the jungle and that's not incorporated at all into his design but i or just at all. i really appreciate it because it's <laughs> it's so dumb it, it, it it's beautiful He's just got this big, like the first like big like reveal page we get of him. He's got this big dopey look on his face. His mouth is agape as he just proclaims, like you know, to the to the rest of the world who he is. It's so dumb and it's so not anime or manga. Like it's it, it's very Western animation esque, and that's why I think he's so great. Uh it's such a dumb that's, design. That's longer that to talk about Pearl than I think is deserved. But thank you, Steve. Uh, than anyone does. Prove me wrong. Unless there's some like diehard in Japan. There's that, like, like one guy. All the characters. Yeah. Um, Sai, where could people find you? Hi. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, SaiSaiXChan, and also on Instagram. Not. I don't really post that much on Instagram very much, but I'm active on Twitter a lot. Um. And I guess favorite designs. Uh, I really like Praline's design. Uh, mm, yeah, she's got a, like a really unique design in like recent One Piece women designs. And uh, Apu, I really like Apu's character. Actually, I I actually like oh, Apu's yeah. um, oh, in that one SBS when he flipped the uh, genders of, of the supernova. I like mm. Apu's female design more than his male design. <laughs> it's more interesting to me. It gives a very Velma. Uh, yeah. vibe to it and I think that's interesting also random fun fact uh, Mike Magnola right he actually worked mm -hmm. as a I think it was a character designer or a concept artist on the yeah. Disney Atlantis oh, movie that would make sense um, he likes aqua people <laughs> so thank you all um, really fun conversation good conversation as usual for, for fight together um, we'll see you uh, next time for an all new episode uh, next month until then, my name is Zach, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Doodaloo. Did you say doodaloo? <laughs> Call anytime. We fight together. Get up.